Hi, I'm Chris Perkins. I'm the design manager for miniatures and role-playing games at Wizards of the Coast, and I never, ever listen to the Order 66 podcast. This is Rodney Thompson, game designer for the Star Wars role-playing game at Wizards of the Coast, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. My name is Gary Sarley, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Hi, I'm Bob Farnsworth, and I never listen to the... Crap. (laughs) Hi, I'm Bob Farnsworth, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast, but I'm a monster. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com Execute Order 66. Greetings on this Sunday, August 24th, 2008. Welcome back. To episode number three zero, as we ding thirty tonight on the Order sixty six podcast, and we have a chock, of a show that's just chock full of goodness and sweet Gen Con. I don't know. We're gonna call it the Gen Con Extravaganza. As always, with me, Jim Chris. Yes, I'm all about that. What is up, Gamer Nation? And uh, we are joined tonight by two extraordinary uh, people. Uh, that happened to be with us, <laughs> uh, fellow GMs, uh, guys I got to know very well uh, at Gen Con, uh, fellow Star Wars judges with me. We have, of course, GM Chance and GM Dom. How you doing, guys? What's up? Doing great. And uh, gosh, uh, I guess, uh, Dom, you're, uh, you're, you go by Seed of Minifin on the forum, so I guess for those listeners who may know, love, or hate, despise you, um, <laughs> which whichever... And uh, chance, you're you're uh, what was your what's your forum handle? C Bradshaw zero zero seven. That's right, C Bradshaw zero zero seven. So, if uh, any of these guys say anything to piss you guys off during the show, um, you can just go on the forums and blast them. They're totally down with it. I'm sure they can hold their own and fire back. I'm sure they can. Most they definitely curl into a co- corner and cry, but I can probably blast back too. I thought <laughs> okay. that was just a Gen Con. Uh, hey, I, I try to I try to be real everywhere I go. Well, that's how you roll, dude. That's how you lay yeah, it down. I have to. Yeah, pretty much. You know, up up in th- Thug Life in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, if you ever watch The Wire, you know what's up. Ah, gotcha. Well, uh, we are glad to have you guys here, and we are going to be talking some Gen Con. But uh, we got a lot to talk about, so uh, let's say we get moving. Let's go. We go. We got some announcements. Way to just step all over that one. Good job. I'm out of practice. What? It's been like two weeks. It's Be been quiet. two weeks, so uh, never mind. Hold on. You know what? Let's start over. Go ahead. Um, We've got some announcements. There we go. Take two. Eight. Ah, I, lo- I love take twos. <laughs> well, uh, those of you who may love and enjoy the Order 66 podcast and uh, would like to continue your gaming goodness into other forays of role-playing uh, beauty, and you're a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, you may, of course, be playing the new 4th edition. And if you want to find out more about it, you can check out our sister podcast, which, uh, guys, guys, what, what's our sister podcast? Radio Free Homeland. Yay. 
Yes, thank you. I'm glad somebody spoke up. Thanks, God. RFH. All I know is uh, they they rolled heavy on the uh, D&D Open. Dude, the, uh, major props because DM Tim and the whole crew, they made it to the finals of the D&D Open. Um, they were in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. Very, very close. I was hearing some good words before I left. Yeah, um, they were just pulling together. It was it was going to be crazy. And actually, I was talking to Tim, and they were actually a little upset because they had, a, and obviously the finals were Sunday afternoon. They had a Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock interview with Mike Murrells, scheduled, that they had to cancel because they were in the finals of the D&D Open. Oh. Where oh, their priority? Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but huge props to them and uh, they're an amazing group of gamers but if you guys want to go to d20radio.com uh, click on the Radio Free Homlet link you can check out the glory and the goodness that is 4th edition D&D with the RFH crew yeah. and um, I was going to hype the uh, first official Watsy uh, Star Wars Saga Edition podcast but um, gosh uh, Tom you were telling me it's off the front page now it's off the front page I can't find a link for it. Um, I was looking, checking through the uh, forums and everything that they had a, a post about questions, and I thought they might say, "Hey, it's up, go check it." But I wasn't able to find anything about it. I'd love to. I'd love to see if you know we can figure out where the heck on that website it is. Hmm. Well, I know uh, Wizards.com/slash/StarWars is the Saga Edition website, guys. So if you can go there and maybe maybe do a search for podcast, I don't know. Uh, you should be able to pull up. They had to have the first episode out uh, with. Uh, um, plenty of, of wonderful GM advice there. So, good stuff. Technical Wizards fired again. Isn't he smooth, guys? It's the Jawas. They've got to keep rolling in the wheel, you know? Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, he'd almost well, get away with it if he didn't call it on himself. Yeah, I know. Seriously, if you didn't call on yourself, you totally get away with it, too. You could just, you know, break for 30 seconds. It wouldn't be an issue. Right. Like, I can say, like, I can have this happen and nobody notice. Right. Well, when the bed expires, it happens anyway. Well, no, it doesn't actually, because I keep it. I keep it on a loop. Oh. oh. But if I forget to loop it, then all of a sudden it, it ends. Okay. Well, then yeah. you're a tool. Tool. Yeah. You must just... be smarter than the tool you operate, sir. Must be smarter than tool operate. Well, speaking of wizards.com slash Star Wars and continuing with announcements, there's a whole crap load of web goodness that's out there, guys. A wonderful amount of web content's been released in the wake of Gen Con and the release of the KOTOR campaign guide, which is out, and you can go buy it, and you should buy it because it's the coolest freaking book ever. Um, maybe not ever, but it's pretty pretty cool. Um, but you guys can go to wizards.com slash Star Wars for latest, greatest goodness. Um, and I know I don't know if any of you guys have looked at it, but I know they have a bunch of new downloads. There's like one that has a whole bunch of NPC stats for like like a T3 from the KOTOR games and uh, Mission Vow and a couple others. Um, They've also got the material that didn't make it into the book. With the ah. stats. That's right, the Sandcrawler stats. So if you ah. actually want official stats for the Sandcrawler, uh, you can find it in that download, which is very, very cool. Uh. Very cool. And speaking of the KOTOR campaign guide, uh, next week's show, guys, will be all about that guide, and we are going to have a very, very special guest. Uh, we are. Sterling, Sterling Hershey, uh, one of the co-authors of the book, and also Minis Guru Extraordinaire, the guy who's, who's thrown up a lot of the mini scenarios, is going to be on next week's podcast. We've got a confirmation, and uh, he's going to uh, be 
letting us ply him with what questions he can answer. And uh, you guys are going to see a thread pop up on the forums uh, tonight uh, for questions for Sterling, if he's able to answer. Uh, that way we can get him to him ahead of time. So, something to be looking forward to. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I'm looking forward to that. I am too, man. Did you get a chance to meet him at all? Unfortunately, no. I was uh, pimping Star Wars as hard as possible with the uh, GM and slots. Me and, uh, me and GM Chance over there were uh, sitting in our corner of the world. We you were, were in the corner, weren't we? What's that? I think we were in the corner, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, the we were totally corner. in the corner. Yeah, you guys were. At least you weren't in the closet. You were just in the corner. Oh, um, okay. Thank you. Put him. Thank you. You're cricket. very welcome. But you, yeah, no. Dave, you need to have a cricket in there. Just the the silence of the of the trees and the crickets for him. Yeah, you're right. That's a that's a good. I need to add that, and I need to add the Benny Hill music. Oh, Benny Hill would be so... <laughs> yes. But anyway, I, I actually hung out with him a decent amount during the con, just a couple hours. He was kind enough to let me uh, uh, follow him around and pepper him with questions while he struggled to make his way through the dealer room with me tagging along behind him. And uh, he's a really cool guy. Um, the coolest thing I found out about Sterling Hershey, though, um, one of our listeners, uh, Vader's son, Duncan, uh, he and his wife were there. And his wife is a huge um, uh, a Jim Butcher fan. You know the Dresden Files? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have read that. And they had that the short-lived series on sci-fi. Well, they just came out with the uh, with the Dresden Files RPG, and they're in like the alpha stages of it. And so she went over to go do a whole bunch of Q and A, and she was talking about it. And Sterling was like, "Oh yeah, I went to high school with Jim Butcher." Wow. And we we're like, "Really?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, we used to role play together. We used to play we used to play Cthulhu games together." <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, that doesn't surprise me one bit." So, That's my interesting a... fact, yeah. Wow, it's a tight knit community. It's it's kind of kind of scary in some ways, but it's uh, interesting how everybody seems pretty pretty close together. It's it's odd. It's very odd. I mean, good grief. Uh, I guess our, our, kind of segueing into our next announcement, Gen Con, of course, is is over. Um, I had so much fun, guys. This is my first Gen Con ever. Um, there was so much gaming, so much geekery, so much beauty, so much beer. Um, it it was it was incredible. Um, and I just, I just had an absolute blast. And so, uh, it, but one of the things that amazed me was just how of a tight knit community it was. And everybody seemed to know everybody except you, GM chance seemed to know absolutely everybody, um, on planet have, earth that's ever been involved with a game. I have built up quite an extensive family that I have at conventions. Yes. He's the norm of freaking gaming. That's all I know. Norm. Every time I'd be like standing next to him, he, and somebody would be like yelling out, "Hey, what's up? Get off my lawn!" We couldn't walk ten feet. We walked ten feet. It was like, "Hey, what's up?" <sighs> it it was it was beautiful. It was it was absolutely wonderful. It's impossible to walk anywhere at Gen Con without doing the ten foot stop. No. Yeah. Well, for you. <laughs> yeah. For those of us that you know don't know anybody, uh, you know, I mean, unless we happen to be wearing D twenty radio T shirts, and we'll get the occasional guy going, "Hey, hey D twenty radio, are you DM Tim?" No, no, I'm not. Yeah, that's the thing. We've been <laughs> we've been doing it six months, and then uh, we're wearing one of those shirts, and they ask us if we're them. Yep. They've been doing it what an hour. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Bah. It just it just it just goes to show you see things like that happen, and then they lose the rebel run, you know. Two years yeah. running. It wouldn't happen yeah. if it was four E. You know that. 
No comment. No comment. Well, look, I, I'm at least sure, we're not D twenty modern. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's yeah. That point was brought out to me. You know, I always say you know Star Wars has been it was you know the redheaded stepchild, but D twenty modern is definitely the bastard stepchild. So. <laughs> well, they're the redheaded stepchild with freckles. With freckles. oh the ginger, oh, the freckles. Yes, the ginger stepchild. Yes. <laughs> well. <laughs> It's uh, hard knock life for us. Oh, God. <laughs> I will kill you, man. I will. Oh. I and I's brand new power in Kotor. I will fuck you up straight through this mic. Oh, <sighs> wow! Already. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. Wow! Woo-hoo! My goal has been met. You know, before the cast, he was saying to me, "All right, dude, I'm going to make you curse. I'm going to make you curse. I'm going to make you do it." You know, fine. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> be the one to drop something. <laughs> All right, we have got to move on. And uh, moving on, before we get into our amazing Gen Con cast, I did. I got back from Gen Con, and um, I was a little upset because uh, it looks like some type of, of, I don't know, maybe I guess I guess it was Rebel, you know, sympathizers had uh, spray painted my mailbox, um, huh. which kind of hurts a little bit. But I did manage to find inside there a postcard. That did get to me during Gen Con from Commander Cody. Well, so it, it, it's pretty cool. Um, this is a it's a greenish postcard. It's 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 beautifully made. Uh, it's got a strong utilitarian purpose to it, but with artistic and aesthetic flair. It is simple, but seems to have a very general quality to it, like it would come from anywhere in the galaxy. And it reads, "The Kill welcome you to Belnar, our homeworld, but one of many. Find yourself here, visitor." as a son or daughter of the galaxy. From across the galaxy, it's time for Postcards from Commander Cody. Dear GM Dave and GM Chris, The hunt for rebel scum continues this week as my squad and I have been stuck raiding potential supply lines and safe houses on the planet Belnar. The Belnar system is supposedly the home planet of the Kill, though the tentacled creatures inhabit so many blasted worlds, I wouldn't have known unless you told me. The Kill was supposedly part of the old Republic's founding, though I put no stock in that. Though I will say that the Kill themselves are natural diplomats, silver tongues, and a knack for working with others. You can get past the fact that they have no tongues. The kill are very disturbing. They have no mouths to speak of, but a distended jaw with several tentacle-like appendages hanging down from it. They feed by drinking nutrients through them, or so they say. Disgusting aliens. Belnar itself is an unremarkable world, though. It's beautiful and clearly well-maintained, with large open natural preserves and parks peppered by hugely complex industrial cities. The Kill, though proud of the world, don't seem too attached to it. They keep calling themselves citizens of the galaxy, though that means. Right now, they're citizens of the Empire, and they best get used to it. They don't seem too keen on their prospect, however, and we've had repeated reports of the aliens are harboring rebel shipments and bases. Ah, if the rebel scum are here, we'll find them alright. These aliens can't hide much from a trained trooper's eyes. Well, listen guys, I gotta go. We're carpet bombing a suspected rebel district in a few minutes. So be safe out there. Be sure to report any rebel activity to your local Imperial authorities. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody. Well, another in a long line of informative postcards from Commander Cody. 
I liked it. What'd you guys think? Nonsensical he bastard. He, he does get around. Have you guys, have you guys been to Belnar at all? Um, <laughs> no, what? I mean, my um, once we got the transports out of there, I mean, no, I've it, for the first I've heard. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Uh, <laughs> first I've heard about it. Really? Okay. I, th I thought you yes. said something else there. To transport something? What? Uh, I'm sorry. No, no. But uh, Dave, that's the, not what you heard. Goose flies at midnight. The okay. The chair is against the wall. Mm. Huh. Carry on. Carry on. Long live the empire and all. Yeah. That's right. Tally forth. Tally ho. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Long live the empire. Okay. Good. Uh, that's, that's what I wanted to hear. Well, thank you, Cody. I'm glad you're doing well, and I hope the kill don't disgust you too terribly much. This bad boy's going to go right up on the wall next to the others. Well, what do you guys uh, say? How do you feel about answering some actual questions from living people? Sure. Yeah? I'm down. How exciting. As opposed to non-living people? Uh, yes. We don't get email from dead people just too often here on the Order 66 podcast. It does happen, though. Yeah, we got one from Al Gore the other day. <laughs> Apparently he invented us. Yeah. You know, the All internet right, is come back, pay attention. It's time for mail call. Sorry, I stepped on you at that one. No, it's okay. It's all right. I'll 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 settle down now that the uh Sarge has told me. Gun Gunny is not a man to mess with. No, he's not. No. Sit back down and shut your trap. It's time for mail call. I've got another one. I never use it though. No, you do. You only use the first one. You should use that one more often. I yeah. like it. All right, well, I got a crap load of questions that hopefully we can answer for the Gamer Nation. Um, had a lot of people post some stuff up on the forums and got a couple good emails, too. Um, I got an email this week from Sebastian, and uh, he expresses his woes thusly. He says, hi, Chris. I have a question about Force Disarm. I am GMing a Dawn of Defiance campaign uh, where one of the Jedi used Force Disarm on a CL1 Stormtrooper recruit. Now, he's got a plus 12 to his Use the Force check, and he rolled a total of 25. Now, according to the rules as written, with a reflex defense of 16 plus 10 um, and, and 5 for the Blaster Carbine, which is a two-handed weapon, he has to roll a 26 to disarm this trooper. Now, compared to the ease of use this is seen in the movies, this seems a bit strange. I can understand why you would need a 26 on a melee attack, but it's the Force. Do you have any ideas on maybe house-ruling this? Hmm. What do you guys think about Force Disarm? Hate it. What do you hate about it? Oh, fact that you can't really use it maybe well it, it's the disarm mechanic i mean i, I don't know in, in, i mean you guys pipe in pipe up here but i mean in, in prior systems in rcr and in, especially in like especially 3.5 D, D, it was almost ridiculously silly the ease at which you could make these disarm munchkins so i can see why they made it more difficult but and the problem is that if you make it too easy then anybody that's all they'll ever do right yeah and, and in this game especially when you're i mean when your weapon's gone you're pretty much out of the fight yeah, that's true. Well, Everybody starts running around with Velcro on their guns, and that just doesn't work. Or that tape. The uh, the tape has found a, a new tape. home in my game, I know. Oh, mesh tape, yes. Very nice. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know. As for, as for it saying, you know, well, gosh, it should be easier with the Force. Listen, I think Jedi, I think they got it made already. I don't think they need to be able to disarm willy-nilly. I mean, the only time we ever see this in the films at all is what Vader yanking the blaster out of Han's hand. Well, he's obviously not first level, right? Obviously, yeah. 
Well, yeah. I mean, well, and Saga even gives us stats. If you want to get right down to it, Vader was 20th level at that point. Han was 12th. Okay, so he's got eight levels on him. I mean, I can see him easily pulling that off. Single-handed weapon as well. You don't have the two hands to kind of right. pull back for it too. You're absolutely right. So, I mean, as far as, you know, you know, we see say, saying that, you know, we, the ease of use in the movies, honestly, can we really say it's ease of use? We don't see it too terribly often. And considering that, in my opinion, it's such a def- an effective technique to just take somebody out of the fight, I think the penalties are justified. It, but that's me. I mean, it makes it harder to, to do something that could really be cool. But, you know, I, I just see too much potential for abuse. Um, what do you guys think? Do you, I mean, any opinions on house ruling it? Do you like it the way it is? Um, I'm hesitant to house rule a lot of the stuff because I find that in the long run, um, most of this is fairly balanced unto itself. The, you know, um, Rodney did a a pretty good job and, uh, uh, GM Sarley and, you know, the pretty much that whole balance, especially in core book has been pretty good for me while I'm not necessarily a hundred percent keen on every single thing that's come down the pike especially coming from RCR, where it was basically the Jedi show. If you had, you know, one Jedi, you just watch them do cool stuff. Um, (laughs) You know, I I have a hard time saying it's bad, but I've also have very little um, force using right now in my campaign because we're still in the Dawn of Defiance and some homebrew stuff that I've been doing that's almost no Jedi around at the moment. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, i got to agree with the Dom here because I don't see any real problems with it. And the balance of most things have been pretty steady. Well, there you go. I agree with you guys, but honestly, Sebastian, if you want to house rule this, um, I don't think it would be too terribly imbalancing if you reduce the plus 10 penalty to a, a mere plus 5. Um, yeah. That would still make it, give it the difficulty it needs to have, but make it a little bit easier. You know, Maybe you can try that out in the session or two, see how it plays out. But honestly, man, if you find it's playing too easy and you see people just yanking weapons out of hands all the time, you might want to gauge it back some because it really has the potential to be a broken mechanic. So, yeah, I get yeah, anything. That. Anything hmm? you uh, take advantage of is going to become broken eventually. Well, yeah. Sure. What, wait, what did Rodney say uh, that one time? He said, "You know, that no system survives contact with its player base." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just a question of, I guess, mitigating that as best you can. This one's done pretty good, though. I, I would agree with that sentiment, uh, but then yeah. again, there's not too many books out for it. <laughs> See, so that yeah. helps. Yeah, that's true, too. Well, Sebastian also emailed me one other very good question. Um, he posed an interesting situation. Uh, he says, okay, I was reading through my books, and I found an extremely good combination. If you play a Bith, Scout Jedi Knight, you can use the Bith's racial ability to get a natural 20 on an intelligence check and use Fringe Savant, which is, of course, the Scout talent, uh, which, you know, every time you roll a natural 20 on a, on a skill check, you get a temporary force point. Um, now, most people would naturally say no to this next statement, but under Raw, this looks admissible to me. If Jedi Knight, if you take the force technique, force point recovery, you, quote-unquote, automatically recover one force point spent during the encounter. So technically, you spent one force point, so you should recover it, even if this new one is temporary. Thus, it can create a never-ending chain. So he's saying, basically, you know, if you're a Bith, you use your racial ability to take a natural 20 on a check, immediately gain a temporary force point, spend it, and then with the uh, recover ability, you, you know, regain it at the end of the encounter. Um, now, most people, including me, would disagree with this, but it looks okay by Raw. What do you think? I have to disagree with anything that says, if it states that you, you have a 20 as the result, too many people try to read into, well, it's like you rolled a natural 20. When it, I think if the wording is wrong, it should state that 
you roll the equivalent of a 20. Or your end result is a 20. So that you don't have the triggering effects like this where if you did naturally roll a 20, good things happen. Right. That's an excellent point. I mean, and I guess it comes down to interpreting the rules in a certain way. Now, I mean, for me... I mean, he says it himself. No GM in the right mind would allow this. Okay, but the rules aren't blueprints. I mean, they're they're recipes. You adjust them to taste. You know, and um, just because the rule books say so, you know, doesn't mean oh wow, it has to be a natural twenty on the die or it has to go that way. Um, you know, again, what we were just talking about. You know, potential for abuse through quote unquote broken combinations. Um, but even raw, um, Sebastian, I don't see this combo playing out that way. Um, if you want to get into the rules, um, Fringe Savant explicitly states um, if the temporary force point is not used before the end of the encounter, it is lost. Okay, therefore, your hypothetical Bith Scout Jedi Knight would get back a temporary force point at the end of the encounter, uh, which would then immediately disappear since the encounter is now over. So even if your combo worked, I can't see it playing out that way. But um, again, I mean, in my opinion... If it looks too good to be true, and it sounds too good to be true, and it, it, it's a way for you to abuse the system, don't allow it. I mean, that, that just that's just kind of common sense to me. That's right. Just like an email from Nigeria. Uh, <laughs> be getting a lot of those? Yeah, a couple. A couple? Just I, a couple. Had a, I had a cousin I had no idea died. Oh, I'm, God, and I'm a, sorry. And apparently the country I'm, wants I'm, to make you a millionaire. How yeah, are you going to turn that down? Yep, and I'm, apparently I'm royalty, too. Oh, that's, that's incredible. I'm... Yep. I'm Man, I'm I'm so happy for you. Yeah, I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> Very great. I know it. Well, we had a few other questions, guys. Uh, forum questions I really wanted to delve into. Um, Alex Van D posted a couple fun ones up on the forums, and um, though our community Miller. kind of stepped up and answered them right off the bat, there's just some really good ones I want to share to the rest of the Gamer Nation. Um, Alex posts thusly. He says, so... I've been exploring the rules by making new characters, and for one of our upcoming sessions, I made a long-range sniper. By doing this right, using a sporting blaster rifle, which is an accurate weapon, uh, with a mounted scope and the far shot feet, uh, you can actually shoot out to 300 squares without penalty. Uh, Far shot states you consider the range was one less. The targeting scope also reduces the range to one less, and an accurate weapon says no penalty at short range. So combined, does this really mean there's no penalty at maximum range? Um, kind of. Very interesting. Do one of you guys want to take this, or you want me to? My I'll throw that to GM Chance if he's willing. My only thought comes into play is, would, does it stack like that? Like things don't stack. Or stack, so you don't... Or Yeah, light things don't stack. That is one interpretation, and I think there's two ways to go with it. Um, because that was the first thought that hit me. In this system, they keep saying, like things don't stack, like things don't stack. So would it be conceivable to say that uh, your scope and the far shot feet simply don't stack? Um, I think a GM would be totally within his bounds to make that ruling. Um, you know, But by the same token, you could just as easily say, you know what? Uh, far shot reduces, you know, tr- treats the range as one less. So moving from long to, you know, medium, uh, the scope moves it, treats it one range less, moving from medium to short. And then, you know, the accurate weapon negates short range penalty. Um, I mean, shoot, you pile on like careful shot and dead eye, and you can make a rather deadly character with that build. I I, I tend to go along with all the feats, and uh, as you move somebody down a condition track, and then you take another feat to move them down a condition track again. So. I kind of take that view of it. Yeah. The way 
the way that I look at it is that, um, I mean, I don't know, but your mileage may vary, but uh, I've very almost never seen anything that a player was had a regular rifle out and it was more than short range to begin with. And that means it was like 21 squares away. <laughs> so, um, you know, if they, if somebody's willing to, to jack that much of their character towards all that combo to get it working, I'd let it happen once or twice. Just just to let, you know, be that's their shine time, whatever. But um, I don't see that as breaking anything because I doubt that it would happen in uh, so many situations anyway. That's a really good point. Chance, have you had any 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 games you've ever run where somebody was literally be, I mean beyond like 20 or 30 squares when it came down to actually shooting somebody? Well, this is back in the you know the revised core rulebook days where you know the Jedi would just burst to speed and cover the distance, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, that's right. very true. That's very yeah, true. I've I've never that was the other thing I've I've never seen. And even if we had a, I don't know what what is what is one square starship scale versus player scale in terms of in terms of actual size yeah well, i don't know that off the top of my head i know it's absolutely humongous i mean the millennium falcon fits in a single square um of starship scale well, so that's not it's, necessarily humongous but it's big it's yeah pretty freaking big yeah because i was thinking oh, wow. to myself i wonder how far that is starship scale wise 300 squares you know you know, pretty, pretty large, yeah. I don't know Probably when you'd ever use it. Five, it's one point five meters per square. Well, yeah, I'm looking single scale, yeah. I'm looking at the uh, table weapon range, the vehicle weapon ranges, and point blank for a blaster cannon is um, one to, zero to one twenty, and point blank is zero to one in starship scale. So I'd say one hundred twenty times the two. So see intelligence meters. It's more than that in real life, obviously, but for general purposes of two meters square, then you know you got two forty meters basically. That's a long freaking spit for long freaking square. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, there's the answer to that question. There you go. But yeah, I mean, as far as the ruling goes, honestly, um, I I can see it go both ways. I mean, I can see you. You know, if somebody wants to devote it and pull it off, sure. But other than that, you know, it, I think you're perfectly within your rights. Like uh, GM Chance says, you know, the like things generally don't stack. So, would, would you imagine creating? You know, like we're 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 thinking about dabbling with the whole projector idea with our with our maps. Would you imagine having how far you'd have to scroll to get to somebody <laughs> off the map? <laughs> That's the only way I can ever see doing it, actually. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless you want to, unless you want a battle map the size of your backyard. No, not really. Not really. Oh, just before I get all flamed and stuff, the uh, there there is no. It doesn't look like there's official. Uh, scale. It's at, they consider starship scale abstract, represented oh, oh, generally, oh. however oh. big it is. So, you know, I'm just extrapolating <laughs> some numbers. It does the math. I was looking at the rest, rest of the chart. Math doesn't necessarily pan out to exact squares. So, I don't want to. I, I, I encourage. Can, um, I encourage all of our listeners to flame him anyway. Any right. any any problems with that though? Totally sent to uh, GM Chris at d20radio.com. Thank you very much. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. I'll make you my secretary. Maha. Oh, does that mean you're going to slap me on the butt, you know? Oh. <laughs> Thank you for going there. I'm hey, very glad because... Somebody had to. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex had a second question for the forums. Um, he says, is it just me, or do the rules not say anything about crawling? I had a PC crawling through a culvert to snipe at some thugs, and I couldn't find anything about how fast he could move while prone. Did I miss it somewhere? I just ruled that he moved to half speed and got on with the game. 
Um, well, congratulations, uh, Alex. Um, the, the last sentence of that post actually won me over on your GMing ability. Uh, very nice. Uh, you, you made a ruling and got on with the game. Um, is there a rule for crawling? Not that I can find. Have you guys seen anything? I have searched every uh, every book, every online resource, every official ruling, and I have yet to find any rule on your crawl speed. How do you guys run it in your games? I mean, I usually use half speed. I use half speed similar to D and D. Yeah, yeah. It just makes I, sense. It's a bit easier. Yeah, I, I'm I'm down with half speed. I also I my my player has only just now realized that when he when he lays down, it's better for him anyway. <laughs> he the the rifle monkey in the party has finally learned that prone is a happy place to be. So uh, I'm sure I'm going to be seeing some crawling in my near future, but uh, it hasn't come up too much. But honestly, guys, uh, those of you out there in the Gamer Nation, there is no really official ruling on this. But, I mean, I don't. I have yet to meet a GM that does not run it where it's just half movement. It just makes sense. Now, here's an interesting uh, offshoot of that. Um, would you consider that crawling, say, trying to do like a two-meter step sort of thing to uh, draw attacks of opportunity? Well, that's interesting because just just via crawling – um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wouldn't let that draw the attack of opportunity, but the thing is, if, if, if you're within a threatened area, moving, period, is going to draw an attack of opportunity, unless you're withdrawing. So, I would allow a withdrawal when you're crawling, sure. Um, but I mean, you'd be at, pulls away or something. Yeah, I mean, you'd be at a quarter of your speed, in essence, because you're at half speed for crawling, and then half speed for the withdrawal. Um, but that, I mean, so, even then, but if somebody's just crawling around, I mean, even if they're walking around, they're going to provoke an attack of opportunity for moving. So one of the things I like about the system is they did simplify how AOOs work immensely. So very cool. But what impressed me about that post was the fact that he said, I just ruled that he moved half speed and then got on with the game. Yeah. Um, Amen. A freaking man. Love it. Yep. Well, lastly, guys, our own Vader son, Duncan, um, had a few Gen Con-inspired questions he posted on the forums. And um, the Gamer Nation just really had at him and went, out, went off on him and uh, got some great answers. And in doing so, I, not for the first time, not for the last, learned something completely new that I did not before. So let's talk about it. Um, Duncan asked two questions. He says, uh, hey, Gamer Nation, if, okay, so, if, if a weapon has an auto-fire setting... And it has a stun setting. Can it be set to both at the same time? I.e., can you do auto-fire stunning attacks? Uh, someone at Gen Con pointed out that there was nothing in RAW preventing it, uh, but it just didn't make sense to me. Um, I kind of think of it as a three-position selector switch. Stun, kill, full auto. Or maybe kill them all. Uh, again, just looking for some other opinions on the issue. I what do you have considered it being the three-way switch, too. Yeah. God, I'm just a tool then, because you see, the, the person who claimed there was nothing in RAW preventing it was me, uh, because there, I couldn't find anything in RAW preventing it, but everyone else I talked to was like, no, I thought it was like a three-way switch, it's one or the other, one or the other, and um, I was very much mistaken. Um, on the forums, uh, Seikos and Infinity Doctor reminded us, um, Jedi Master Thompson himself clarified April <clears throat> of this past year, um, and this is in Raving Dorks, officially maintained FAQ on the Gleemax boards, that it is a three-way switch, for lack of a better term, that... Uh, quote-unquote auto-fire and stun were two separate settings. Um, and I don't know. You, you guys tell me. I mean, this does make slight sense. Auto-fire stunning might be, I don't know, a tad imbalancing? <laughs> Just Plus, a tad. I how many blue circles that would be. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a blue circle extravaganza. Just pew, wow. pew. 
I, I can't. I can't do the auto fire. The, the, only, the stunning noise. The only pew, thing pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> also, you notice you only ever see stunning once in the entire septilogy. No. Once. Yeah, that's I, right. I Just in, and right there in the first, in the well, the fourth, I guess. Yeah. Well, it fits better with the new saga rules because you can't stun anybody in saga now. It's it's not that effective. <laughs> At all. Oh, you totally can stun them. You just got to shoot them to death first and then stun them at the last. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Leia <laughs> must have been just really beat up by then. We, 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 we had a thread about this. It was on the forums. It's longer. People saying, okay, okay, under Saga rules, how could he have knocked her out with a stun? And basically it came down to she the did. guy had a destiny, which was stun Leia. <laughs> She's a droid. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and it was an ion. Yes, yes. His destiny was stun Leia. He had triple crit, and he critted, basically. That was the only solution we could come up with. I remember so, that discussion. Very good. So, well, there's the answer to that question. I learned something new. Wahoo. Uh, well, Duncan's second question was a real doozy. And I know the three of us actually got into a discussion about this at the tables. Um, he says this. He says, just want to check this. Droids ignore stunning effects. Therefore, force stun does not work, right? Just my interpretation. I heard disagreement at Gen Con. Wanted to get a wider view. What do you guys think? Is Force Stun a stunning effect? Ooh. I got to go to the book. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, checking the, the book right here. Well, I, I've done the research, man, and, and I'll tell you the the book is a little ambivalent on the issue. I mean, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give my opinion here, okay? But th- that's all it is, just an opinion, okay? Some folks feel that force stun shouldn't affect droids, okay? And especially, um, Duncan pointed out to me, there's this new ionized force power in the KOTOR campaign guide. Um, yeah. But I, I respectfully, respectfully disagree here. I mean, as I said on the forums, ionize is not like the droid stun. It actually causes physical, actual damage to droids, yeah. um, the same way force slam or force lightning would. It's not the droid equivalent of force stun, for lack of a, lack of a better term. Um, and force stun, it simply moves you down the condition track. Okay, there's no damage involved. I mean, that's unlike any other power in the game. Personally, I feel that droids are powerful enough. Okay, it's clear to me the designers didn't intend for droids to be immune to force stun. Okay, at least to me. Um, we've talked about this before, and and creature, which is what's in force stun's description, is used repeatedly in Saga to reference characters, beasts, and droids, all encompassing. Throughout the book, when a power or a talent wishes to not include droids, the designers very specifically say the power only affects living creatures, and that's not the case here. Um, but for me, it's also kind of a semantics issue, guys. I mean, because basically there's stunning and force stun. I don't necessarily see those as the same thing, and I think it just may be just kind of a semantics issue there. But I, well, I could be wrong. I mean, what do you guys think? Of a blaster as being when you shoot somebody on stun, it's a electrical you know, charge that's hitting them that's causing the stun. Where force stun specifically, you know, overload an enemy's senses. Well, a droid has senses, and you could overload them and confuse it, thus stunning them. Makes sense. I'm on the camp of uh, the living creatures. It's not a living creature. Force doesn't flow through that. I'm just, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I don't know what to tell you. Well, no, so that's fine. When Luke I mean, picked up R2 with the Force, it didn't flow through well, you can You can get around. I, I'm, I understand that you can get around it. You can pick it up, throw it into the... If you want to stun it, pick it up by the leg and slam it into the floor. That's fine. <laughs> but, but it like, I see it as um, overloading the internal, the, the parts internally of a person to stun them to begin with. 
And that's where I'm having the issue. And it's a semantics issue, like um, like GM Chris was saying. It's just, you know, I don't know if there's a good or a bad. I guess it, I would, at that point, it depends upon whether it'd be cool, you know? <laughs> that's, well, yeah, would, it be, that, would it be awesome? Would it be yes. awesome? And to, I mean, honestly, to me, that's the bottom line. So, Duncan, I mean, and, and they say right here, we have differing views here among us, and we're all GMs. Um, and so are you. You have your own view. I mean, my ultimate advice is to GM it the way you want it, what's cool and worthwhile at the time. But before you make your call, ask yourself the important questions that you always ask when you have one of these decisions. Does it add anything to the game if you make this choice? Does it take something away from the game, from the fun, if you make this choice? Does it make the game more or less complicated? Um, answer those questions. And you'll know what decision is best for you and your group. Either way. So, bottom line. Well, that's about it for mail call, guys. Um, gosh, uh, Dave, shall we move on to sus- some suspending rules? Oh, sure. Why not? Cool. Chancellor, request a motion to suspend the rules. You're gonna suspend the rules? Shut up, Shadow! Motion granted. Alright. Well, uh, for those of you who may be unfamiliar with it, this is our bi-weekly, usually, uh, segment um, detailing house rules uh, or, or changes to existing rules as written that a lot of people like to use in their games to add or, or make things a little more fun, kind of sharing our knowledge. And I'm copping out this week, guys. I've got some awesome GMs guesting here on the show, and I'd really like to get their takes. So if you guys wouldn't mind, GM Chance, GM Dom... Um, I'd like you guys to share with us what house rules have you guys used or would you like to reuse or, or what, what do you do a little differently in your games that, that you know maybe listeners at home could take away? Well, Dom, if you don't mind me taking this one first. Please do. At every game that I sit down and, and run, especially at conventions uh, like Gen Con, uh, after we get done setting up the scenario, getting everybody ready to play, I have a little bit of a speech that I lay out that is basically my own house rule that I throw in front of every game, and it comes down to this: uh, that you know, we're all involved in a you know a, a cooperative storytelling. Uh, I see Star Wars as cooperative, and with that knowledge, if there's something you've seen recently in a movie that we went in the story that you're going, God, I've seen this. I know what would fit perfectly here. Then, as a GM. I have the ability to set the rules aside, tell me what you want to do, I'll tell you what I need from you to, to make it happen, but one key element has to remain or, or be kept in mind is that you can go from action to comedy in the, in the roll of a dice. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I mean, I've seen the Wile E. Coyote moment. You know, the guy sets it up, does the grappling spike launcher, swings across, rolls... You know, either a low number or one on the on the check, bam, right into the wall. 
<laughs> if we were to see that in the films, wouldn't it be absolutely hilarious? Like, you know, an episode, you know, one with Padme and the whole guards and all that, you know, oh, we'll take the long way around. And they pull out their ascension guns, and one guy misses, you know, the gravel falls down, hits him in the eye. Ah! Falls off the side of the building. That would just be classic. <laughs> That's why I, I want to see Lucas doing small like wooden signs that say whoops or oh no with them <laughs> at all times. Oh, that was a bad Hello. sound. That was a bad sound. All right, well, we'll work on that while we go on. All right. Well, I have to say, um, I mean, GM Chance uh, jumped up there. He, we we had talked extensively to, um, you know, how we were going to run the, um, <clears throat> the the Gen Con sessions and everything. So that was actually a topic that came up specifically with us that um, basically you lay it out at the start and I do the same much the same you know if you want to do something cool you know I'm willing to I'm willing to roll with it I, I, I give a lot of plus twos randomly just if somebody comes up with a cool idea or a good way of doing something it doesn't have to be in the rules it just you know has to you know work for the group um, I'm not interested in people kind of um, stacking a bajillion things so they're the most awesome thing ever and everybody else is just watching them but um you know i, I want to encourage that kind of thing and that kind of storytelling in, in any game um that i run um semantics wise uh i've been i don't bother uh counting gunshots i just uh people start auto firing i'll just mark off a hash for that and uh, after six you got to drop a clip and pop it in but you always have clips i, I don't I don't make people have to buy uh, clips every uh, every time they hit a station, they're, or they're trying to steal them from every body that they happen upon because that's just gets obnoxious. Um, you <laughs> dungeon, know, crawl, like, dungeon crawl mentality. Oh, I stripped the stormtrooper. What yeah, does he and, have and, on him? At some point, yeah, it, like every like I did the I, I posted on the board. I did the um, if you roll a one, you're out of your pack uh, drops, and then I found out that my party can't roll over a five most of the time. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, after 40 packs and within two sessions, I was like, they they were that and Bacta. They were looking for every time, <laughs> Bacta for the money, and then power packs because that's what they're going through the most. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it gets out of hand. I mean, that's again, your mileage may vary, but I'm I'm a big fan of that that rule zero. I I hear it called, um, and I'm also old old school D and D box set edition. You know, rules or guidelines. You want to, you want to try to, you know, don't be, don't be crazy with it. Don't, don't um, break it so that it's, it's bad for like people feel cheated. But yeah, I mean, if, if you come up with something awesome, absolutely bring it up, and you know, we'll try to make it work. Very good words of wisdom. And uh, yep. GM Chance, I, I really, it, it kind of, kind of drives it home for me. What you, you, you said to me earlier, you know, this is a, more than anything else, this is, this is a cinematic role playing experience. Yeah. And um, that's uh, th that kind of drives it home for me. So excellent, excellent. Well, wonderful house rules, good things to take away. You know, as you guys are running it, you know, just just kind of let it go hog wild. And I think it takes a certain, I wouldn't say uh, reliance on the rules, but definitely an understanding of some of the more basic stuff to kind of allow that stuff to happen. Just when somebody says, you know, I want to do something crazy, you know, I mean, what is it? What is it you say, Chance? You know, it's never it's never a good game for you unless somebody says, uh, you want to do what? Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, Truly, is a game is when somebody just looks at you with that crazed look of, what in the you want to do what? Yeah. 
Very I'm bringing him in closer. You gotta do what? You gotta do what? Grab you by the lapel. Yeah, exactly. Very funny. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree totally. That's probably the most important. And and I I've seen too many, especially you know you, we get a, we get a lot of people that are you know asking for GM advice on the show, guys that have never GM'd a game before, guys that are worried about it. I, honestly, I think that's my number one piece of advice. Don't be afraid to to make calls and don't be constrained by the rules. You know, create rules as you go. Use use the rules as a framework. Create scenarios as you go. And uh, yeah, don't be don't be afraid of um. Don't be afraid of your NPCs dying. Don't be afraid of uh, people knowing more than you. Don't be afraid of people being uh, know-it-alls and rules lawyers and stuff. You you probably find that less less now than ever before. Um, you know, it, you don't get better at anything without doing it. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Excellent sentiment. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you guys for that. Awesome. Yeah. Are you, are you got the you got the beds ready? We're struck. What? Are you paused? Can you pause? Uh, well, I guess I can pause now. Okay. Now that you went <laughs> well, ahead. Dark sauce is next. I think I might want to get my wife on the on the on the call. Good lord. Yes, please. Yeah, usually I do that stuff automatically without prompting, and all of a sudden in the middle of the show, <laughs> hey, are you paused, man? Well, well, let's go paused? ahead and pull back the curtain here. You it's know, it's like this awkward eighteen second silence. I'm like, what is he doing? Is he eating? What is he doing? <laughs> I'm sitting here just kind of listening to you guys, and all of a sudden everybody stops talking. When I think about you, I touch myself. That's the way it goes. And then all of a sudden, hey, Uh, hey, man, you paused? He's a vicious taskmaster. Golly, I'm telling you, I get no respect around here. None. God. Well, do you want to back it up and, uh, I don't know, intro it however you want? Let me get my wife on. No. No? (laughs) No, we'll just go. I can just, I can just start the drops and uh, well I'll take the eighteen seconds of you know farting around I'll put the Benny Hill theme in there or something. Oh okay. But uh, no 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 I'll 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 take I'll go back and take out that silence that's uh, so obviously terrible radio. Yes, this whole conversation's been terrible radio so far. Yeah yeah the whole hour of it. Yes okay well I'm gonna go get TG. Go get TG and uh, we'll fire off a drop here in the uh, in the beginning. Um, Anyway, go ahead and get her. Okay. Now, uh, Chance and yes. Dom. Yeah. He doesn't know I've been recording this whole thing. I figure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so all this is gonna now. I'm gonna I'm gonna play something we had at Gen Con, uh, just to set up and let the cat officially out of the bag. That, uh, well, here it is. Well, we are at uh, the Wednesday before Gen Con, and uh, I'm sitting here with uh, with, the uh, with with the hardest uh, name to say, acetaminophen, uh, on our forums, uh, Dominic and uh, TG, my wife. See? <laughs> and we're playing Ice House at the moment. Now that that mystery has been solved. Yes, now that mystery. Yes, yes. And I am kicking his ass at it. Yes, she is kicking my ass horribly at it. So we're about to score this game, but yay, Gen Con. See, there you go. <laughs> The secret is now officially out that TG is indeed GM Chris's wife. Yes, indeed. And I think Vader's son was the only one to figure it out early on. Uh, and he uh, he actually, he was smart enough to go back and, like, pulled a, I don't remember what it was. He pulled a previous podcast and, like, compared the voices and was like, that's the same person and figured it all out. So I was I was really impressed with his... Uh, Vader's son is a uh, smart guy. I I had the privilege of GMing him at um, 
one of my Friday slots, if I recall correctly. Uh, it, the the days blended together. Um, I think we have that, as a matter of fact, when we get to the Gen Con part, we're going to have that post-interview with uh, oh, with cool. your group. Because <laughs> I've got two. I've, I've got yours, and then I've got one of Chris's. Nice. Yep. So I'm down. It, it, I, I, I have a glowing review. I'm, I'm all about the masses here in my wonderfulness. Yeah. So y'all haven't gotten to the Gen Con part yet? Hell no. I mean, this is going to be about the longest podcast ever in the history of the world. Will I ever get my husband back, Dave? I'm not sure. My wife is asking me the same thing. I think she's, she, uh, I don't know. Anyway. You don't need him. Come yeah. on. I can entertain myself. You're right. <laughs> oh, boy. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. All right. Go ahead. You want me to go ahead and say it, or are you going to... Oh no! I, no, I thought you were going to get into entertaining yourself and things of that nature. Oh, so, oh, I, so know, I've got an audience here who wants to hear it now. You're going to okay. talk about your hummingbird. <laughs> I'll leave it to the imagination. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. Wonderful. Let Enjoy. me move my microphone closer so I can hear the breathing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow! Episode thirty, worst show ever. <laughs> like the you second can't... worst show ever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Worst show since the worst show. <laughs> All Why right. does it always happen when I'm on? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't always happen when you're on. You know, it just, it, it's a, is it a coincidence or is it a coincidence? I don't know. Mm. Curious. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's, uh, let's turn it over for some dark thoughts. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing. Thoughts with Tweeler Goodness. I'm confused. My husband keeps asking me to take skill focus acrobatics. I don't get it. This has been Dark Thoughts with Tweeler Goodness. Well, there you go. Skill focus acrobatics, huh? Husband and wife stuff. Sounds awful delicious to me. So why don't we move on into our Gen Con uh, part of our presentation there, boys? Yeah, okay, why not? Uh, well, guys, uh, GM Chance, GM Dom, I, I really, we wanted to invite you guys on mostly because you guys were there with me to experience Gen Con and GM it with me. And um, ultimately, this is going to be kind of the meat here. I, I want to talk about everything we experienced, everything we did, and in particular the Star Wars gaming that went on and a lot of the, the craziness for those listeners who uh, maybe have never been to Gen Con and want to know about it. And I mean, so th there, was a, there was a lot of gaming going on, of course, um, but there was, there was a lot of, I mean, just promos. The dealer room was something I, I had never quite experienced before in my life. Um, I, I guess, I mean, jump in any time, but I mean, to, to encapsulate, it's what... A football field of nothing but, or bigger, uh, of nothing but just gaming dealers of, of, of every type and variety. And, I mean, the, the I, amount of crap that was being offered was insane. I, I wasn't there, but I would imagine it likens to um, a ham radio convention that I would go to. Where they'll fill up two rooms in a convention center, which are, you know, at least 
two soccer fields set side by side, and two of those rooms will be full of just vendors selling everything imaginable related to ham radio. So I imagine this was the gaming equivalent. Oh, man. It I is. did some ham fest when I was uh, it first starting in the 286 realm way back in the day. They had just had the hobbyist computer guys with the ham guys. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was something like that. <laughs> it was phenomenal. I um. I'm sure GM Chance is like, yeah, I've been there before, but <laughs> those of us <laughs> newbies are, uh, there, there is no joking when people say in Gen Con that you're just going to be overwhelmed and there's nothing you can do about that. There's no amount of bravado that can hold you up to that. <laughs> you can no, spend they're... an entire day just running through the dealer's hall. And I'd almost mean running because it's, it is that large, but there's yeah. one rule you've got to go in there with is don't buy anything until you've walked through the entire thing. Right. Yeah, day one, that's the same deal you do with ham, ham conventions. You just walk through the whole bloody thing. It'll take you a day to do it before yep. you decide on anything. Yeah. And if you're willing to wait till Sunday, they're usually cutting great deals. I, uh, I was standing at a booth that literally, it was half an hour before the dealer hall was closing on Sunday. And they went, all right, guys. And they slapped up signs. And all of a sudden, every single item in the entire place was all of a sudden $2. Every book, everything. That's I it. mean, I, I whipped out a twenty dollar bill and doubled my gaming library. Uh, well, not quite, but <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, there's only three books for uh, Saga, so four books well, now. So. <laughs> saga does not does not uh, you know uh, constitute my entire gaming library by a long shot. But um, what I what pick, I, what? Oh, I know, shock and awe. But I picked up some amazing, amazing role playing titles that I'm sure are destined to change the face of my gaming life forever, such as uh, Terra Primate, because you know we all need a little bit of Planet of the Apes role playing every now and then. Mm. Uh, the amazing West D20, you know, for for uh, you know aces and eights for poor folks, and. Yeah. Um, God, what else did I get? Uh, Silver Age Sentinels, which is like a D20 modern supplement, and uh, the Authority role-playing game, for those of you who are fans of the graphic novel. Um, yeah, a few other crazy things I'd never heard of before. So. Cool. But you guys were talking about star tiles. Yeah, this is kind of cool. Um, now, Dom, I know you mentioned you do a lot of paper craft. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've done some, but it's so time-consuming, I don't find myself you know, with as much time to do it. Yeah, but um, God, it's worth it. And you know, we, we were going around the dealer room. I was looking at all kinds of stuff, and I I had my little portable podcasting unit with me, and I was trying to get interviews with people. To you know, ran to a few listeners and stuff out there, and um, I, I ran across one booth. You know, there's the, the there's a, several. There's the Dwarven Forge, which is the the precast mold stuff, and they have a sci-fi set, and they're incredible, but they're just hella expensive. I mean, they're God, it's like you know seventy five to one hundred dollars for a, a little basic set. And you gave me a great piece of advice about spending that much money, Chance. You said that, you know, it, it's great. And you have some as well, don't, don't you? The, yes, of the Dwarven Forge stuff? There's quite a bit of the Dwarven Forge stuff. It just it takes forever to set up. And if you're not going to end the session that you're currently running, now you've got to leave all that up till the next time you play. It can yeah. have a wonderful effect, but it comes with a cost. Yeah, and, and that, that was kind of what my decision point was. And I don't have a problem with that, honestly, except if, if it's going to be that way, I don't know if I'm comfortable spending 75 to $100 on it. Um, now, having said that, if you are, <laughs> like some of our listeners I know are, this is one of the most beautiful, uh, hardcore, comprehensive gaming 
supplements I, I've seen. Uh, it's rather incredible. But we did manage to come across a really cool supplement as well, which was Star Tiles, which, I mean, it's paper craft. It's sort of the, the poor man's version of, of this, and basically it, it, uh, it's like 10 bucks um, for a CD uh, that has all this, this pre-generated stuff on it. Well, anyway, I, I, I interviewed the guy and, and got a little bit more information about it, so uh, let's hear about Star Tiles. All right, let's roll well, this is GM Chris here at Gen Con, and I'm here with Tom Tullis, the uh, the owner of Fat Dragon Games, or the, uh, the the guy running the show here, uh, with an amazing gaming accessory for Star Wars. And uh, Tom, tell us about Star Tiles. Star Tiles is the latest set in our growing uh, line of cardstock 2D, 3D combo terrain sets. And what that is, you get two-dimensional tiles for 28 millimeter scale gaming, such as Star Wars. But in addition to the 2D aspect of it, we give you three-dimensional props. Now, you don't get walls, but you get computer consoles, chairs, escape pods, a starfighter, um, everything you need to deck out your space station or starship. So you get over 30 tiles with this. You get the 3D props. You get the 3D starfighter, uh, hangar props, everything you need in one set for $10. That's fantastic. Um, now... Is it just a one set that's out right now, or do you guys have more in the works? Uh, we have more in the works. This is actually a compilation CD of two sets that are available online. It's a show special. They normally run about 15 online. We have it for 10 at the show. And we have a lot more sets in the works for Star, star Tiles. But basically, you guys, you sell the CD, everyone prints them at home, and they're assembled yeah. uh, yourself. That's absolutely brilliant. Well, thanks for sharing this with us, Tom. And uh, if you, uh, any, any members of the Gamer Nation want to check this great resource house out, they can go to which website? FatDragonGames.com. Beautiful. Thanks, Tom. Thank you very much. Nice Fat guy. Dragon, huh? That's cool. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah, we, we chatted for about 20 minutes after, after we ended up. He was telling me the whole process about how they go about mapping and creating and stuff. Man, he was very, very passionate about what he did, um, which, gosh, it's, it's kind of hard to be not successful when you have that level of passion, you know? In, in anything you do, I think. Yep. But yeah, it was it was a really cool really cool resource. Now, Dom, you'd mentioned there's another another uh, paper towel company aside from Fat Dragon um, that you, know, you there, use. There's a couple of them actually. I've used Fat Dragon stuff for um, D and D, and I've used uh, Skeleton Key Games because a friend of mine actually runs the Tolis with a Monty Cook uh, mega set in that um, he released the big city that he did the um, design okay. stuff for three O. Yeah. Um, they did. You know, tiles for all of that stuff. Good um, Worldworks Games um, actually does all 3D-based stuff, really. Um, so, like, the while the Fat Dragon and the Skeleton Key is mostly tiles, so it's a two-dimensional. Two, two um, those of you who were at Gen Con and, and saw the Star Wars setup, it was basically similar to that. It was just a, a flat tile that had some, you know, like some chairs shown on it, and you had some shading effects and whatnot. So it gave it a 3D-ish look, like a 2.5, right? But um, <laughs> actual stand-up houses and um, you know walls and everything, um, multiple layer uh, levels um, with the world work stuff, and they're now doing sci- a lot more sci-fi. They kind of have a um, like Mars rover type um, set that has uh, it's very aliens actually, uh, like the LV four twenty one type place. Got um, it. Yes, and they they've actually put out um, a starship combat type game um that has the pop-ups and they have like little um asteroids that are stand-up asteroids and stuff they look really cool and they they work well with the cross uh with sci-fi stuff and star wars in general well asteroids would be cool you could use those in starship scale actually if you're doing exactly. a star, 
I'm like, oh, that man, that would be incredibly useful. Huh. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, aside from that, I mean, Dom, Chance, when you guys were wandering the dealer room, I mean, for the for the scant time you guys had to do so, did you find anything out there that really, I mean, hey, you know, saga or no, that really just, just piqued your interest or wowed you or, or just made you go googly or amaze you? Besides the D20 dice. Yes, besides the uh, the D20 radio, you know, dice, yes. Oh, man. I have stories about those dice, too. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> I, I know that uh, GM Chance was talking this up, too. Um, they had this mega table, and hopefully he'll have more details, because I know he got the card from them. But they had this mega gaming table that was ridiculous. It was like, it was like nine Gs? Yeah, just shy of ten grand. God. That... You know, I gotta say, for a non-electronic table, that is the best I've seen. I, I would agree with that. I would agree. It, I mean, it was big. It was bigger than a pool table, wasn't it? Pulled out. Yeah, it was about. Well, actually, I would say it was about the size of a pool table. A full size, and, yeah. Not yeah. not like a bar table. Not like a bar pool table. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. A full size table. Yeah. And it had you, you had inserts into it, so you could do your own maps. They they have some little program where they'll. Uh, share out if, if somebody creates a new map, but it, it's got all the inserts to lay grids down. It's You've got cup holders that are down below all the stuff, so even if somebody does spill something, it's probably not going to hit anything. It's solid wood throughout the whole thing. The, just, it was beautiful. Yeah. Pull I, out I, I trays thought... on the side, I think, too. They had, like, little table trays. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Down fold down to make a, a space for a player and they even had the bottom drawer would recess back so you had enough room for books. Yeah. For, it was, it was yeah. Four, four people, two people per side and then they, they had two GM stations. Both ends were set up as a GM station. Yeah, it was it was utterly wicked. I've never quite seen anything like it. But the spiel the guy gave when you asked him about it when he was selling his product was the best. Um, it should be noted was, that this guy was in a suit and tie. Yes. Well, like when you're 19- selling a ten grand themes. product, they they were also in kind of a theme too, like a 1920s shirt, you know, suit and tie. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. But did any of you catch the gist of his uh, his his sales spiel? Um, I I listen, I heard it. Um, they after have you already been him. entered into Forbes. They're contacted <laughs> by Forbes. They're trying to really? bring basically the attitude of gamers to. A level that is, you know, the higher society would be proud to announce that they're a gamer, and not just, oh, look at the lowly guys that are playing games now. No, that don't shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, there, I'm there, proud there to was say everybody I played with bathed. I, well. I, I am very proud. There, there was some funk. I passed a little bit of funk, especially in the dealer room. But I will say that I did not have any funkage issues at any of my tables. Star Wars gamers, clean in general. Clean in yep. general. I was very, very pleased with that. Very pleased. I got into the card hall, and there was a, a little bit of a, a reek smell yeah. coming. But those are the four of you guys. Those are the ones that don't live their life hoping they're going to score with Princess Leia. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can all dream. <laughs> no, I got. I got to throw something in here. Uh, speaking of conventions and whatnot, Dragon Con is coming up this this upcoming weekend. That's right. You want to talk about you know hooking up with Leia? Uh, they have a Leia photo op, the uh, chainmail bikini. All right, job of the hut. God, yeah, that that's that's great. That's great. I I, I could play Jabba. 
Yes. No, Java like, in kilt. That definitely has to be the way Java to go. in kilt. Yes, and that's the other thing too. I bought a kilt at Gen Con. Oh. I bought a Utila <laughs> kilt. It was sized for me. It will be arriving at my home in four to six weeks, and I will probably be wearing it um, next year. So thank you, Duncan Vader Son, for giving me the convincing on that one. It's the most comfortable thing I've ever worn, and uh, I'll probably be cutting the grass in it. Four to six weeks. Has it taken that much that much time to come up with all that material? Handmade. <laughs> Hand stitched to me, buddy. Wow. Very, very cool. But yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff in the dealer room. But honestly, the, the coolest part of the con for me, of course, was all the gaming, which was just insane. And there was something for everybody. The the the, the not just uh role playing, but the table gaming. The I mean right. I mean obviously minis and war games, but the the uh you know just the, the tabletop gaming and the, the, the board games were just insane. Uh, oh, I mean I know flight uh fantasy flight games had a yeah. massive fiddly bits everywhere. Yeah. Tried uh, one game that I actually demoed, and I can't tell you, couldn't tell you the name of it, but the gist of it was you had a board with different colored snakes laid out on it, and you had a single die with one color of snake on either any side of it, and you'd roll it, and then you had you know those little two little magnet uh, magnet pieces that when you click them together they make noise and you, people would throw them in the air and they'd slap together and yeah well, they the rattlers isn't that what they're called yeah the rattlers. They made a game out of that. You have like a dozen of these things, so each person takes six. You're playing a two-player game. You roll the die and say you got a red snake. You have to set one of these down centered on a red snake. And as each person is putting them down, as if you're not careful, then you'll they'll end up sliding together because you know it's magnets. And then you have to any of them that fall to get you know come together, you've got to pick up. And it's basically whoever can get rid of all their magnets first. Well, that's cute. Huh. It was cute and actually pretty darn challenging. Because <laughs> the more magnets you have down, the the harder it is, the the farther away you have to put down the next one. Right, right, right. Huh. Well, I mean, there was a lot of there was a lot of cool stuff going on. There was experimental games I played, stuff that they were testing for the first time, tried and true stuff. Seeing the life size settlers of Catan board yeah. was pretty wicked. Where you have hexes that are like four feet wide, no. and. Uh, um, you know, they, 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 the, the miniatures guys went in there and fully did the terrain, you know, and all that. You know, the, the mountains and the, the trees. That was just incredible. Um, and I know my wife, uh, Twilight Goodness, she, um, she competed in the RISC 2210 tournament. Um, had some great stories out of that. And, um, <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. And uh, it just, you know, it went on, went on and on and on. But the role playing was really cool. And I know there was a lot, there was a non of, obviously, a lot of non wizards at the coach role playing on. And a lot of people were playing. Witch Hunter seemed to be incredibly popular. Um, Pathfinder did very well. And Pathfinder would probably be, I'd say, the, the, outside of the Watsy stuff, the number one played out there. Um, for those who, you know, those like Dom that are, that are fourth edition haters. <laughs> I'm not hating. If it's somebody's <laughs> game and they like it, that's great. I'm more of a Conan gritty, uh, you know, more realistic than playing WoW. That's all. Oh, oh that's not. See, now you had to go hate on WoW too. See, Dave's a WoW player, man. No, no I, don't get me wrong. I had I had a 70th level druid. I'm not I'm not fronting. Yeah, I was I was out there uh, I was out there clicking the buttons, but I was you know I'm in front of my computer to play WoW. I'm not in front of my you know I'm not at the gaming table to play WoW. Now are you going to play the Kotor MMO that's going to come out? Oh, Oh. undoubtedly, because I'm still a whore for the entire industry in general. You know, (laughs) 
<laughs> well, at least you're upfront about it, you know. Yep. But no, I, I think it'll be. I, I also, Bioware is has a long history in doing awesome games. So, much like um, Blizzard, they're always going to put out quality product. Right. Honest. Hopefully, it's not going to be another Sony fiasco. Well, Sony's yeah. not involved, no. so that that's probably your your one way to get away from a Sony fiasco is not have Sony in charge. Yep. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I agree with you. I think Bioware is going to put out a good product, but. There, there was a lot of role-playing going on at Gen Con. They had a lot of computer demos, too. A lot, a lot of computer game demos. A lot of, saw a lot of great stuff. Champions Online. There was people lined up just to demo it. It was pretty cool. But let's get to the nitty-gritty here. Let's talk about Saga role-playing. Um, I was a pansy. I only GM'd four slots when I was there. Uh, a, a measly 16 hours of my life. Um, you guys Iron Man it with... I mean, uh, Dom, I know, I know you GM'd seven slots when you were there. Um, Chance, how many did you GM? I ended up only GMing six, and I ended up my my seventh one. The table didn't make, so I ended up helping out the uh, the admins gather tickets, and then they eventually sent me down to the Watsi booth to talk about the uh, character builder software and the character visualizer. That's coming see, out. See, yeah, you, you're the. You're, see, this is what I'm talking about. You're the guy. It's like, oh yeah, I can't move the table. Okay, let's go down to the Watsi booth and volunteer. <laughs> Where anyone else would be like, you know, uh, yeah, we'll just hang out. We'll find something for you to do. Um, that cracks me up. Well, okay, guys. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty. What was your impression of, of first and foremost? I know we were all a little disappointed because the Rebel Run, which was the Star Wars delve, was lost. Canceled. Second yet, time. Well, lost yet again. again. Yes. Again, this happened last year. Apparently. Um, I know we it were was all. Mailed- I did find out that last year, and I don't know where it went, ended up this year, but last year, from what I understand, it didn't get out of Comic-Con over in New York. And when it did, it got mailed to California. Hmm. Well, this year, it was stuck in California because they used it 10 days prior to Gen Con at a con in L.A. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Well, we were a little upset about that, and those of us that were scheduled to GM... Uh, obviously, Rebel Run got you know moved to GMing uh, Revan anyway. Uh, but what did you guys think of the portrayal of Darth Revan? How did you guys like the mod? It needed a little adjustment, but not too much. A little bit. Little bit. Would have helped to have the book ahead of time. Yeah. Or at least yeah. the blurbs of what the bad guys could do in some respects. Yeah. yeah. Granted, I mean, yeah. you know, you always have Force Lightning and Force Choke to fill in the gaps when you don't Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. wow, I have no idea what this Force Power does, but okay, uh, he'll have another Force Lightning, okay. I, uh, I choked I choked somebody every game. It was fantabulous. <laughs> yeah, I had the whole Force Slam, then Force Lightning thing going. Oh, too, I could, no, no, no. I have to, anybody who was in, um. Uh, Anybody who was bold enough to charge in by himself in that room definitely got choked. Well, that was my line. You, you guys, you guys missed the fun. Then, did any of you guys use mind trick? Because he had it. I'm too busy choking people. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know. I mean, obviously, the, the cruelest thing I did at all to a player was, was obviously, and without getting too much detail of the mod, there's a one of one of the climactic battles. You're fighting this Darth, this this Sith guy. And he has Mind Trick, and of course, the PCs are all lower level than him, so he can use Mind Trick to fear them, which makes them run from the battle at top speed for a full minute. And that's a pretty evil way to take somebody completely out of an encounter. And, uh, yeah, use that a couple times. Very, very not 
fun for the player. Uh, so I kind of stopped after that point. I usually only used it when he was getting uh, really down in the down in the dumps, though, close to being dead. So Imagine I, a poor I, guy I, waiting for months to go to Gen Con. Yeah, I have to disagree. And he's playing his one thing back. for the very first time, and then you fear him and take him out of a game? Well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, Just yeah, wink. You're lucky no. you didn't get killed. That's the, that's the big bad evil guy, though. I don't know. That that I don't know, man. When that's a good games go bad skit right there. Wait now. <gasps> well, did you airlock them too? <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, uh, I I did not. I did not. But listen, I mean, my impressions of the mod, I thought it could have had a little bit better prep, but. By the same token, I mean, gosh, they, they didn't even get it finished and released to us until what a week before the con, five days, two weeks, yeah, five, yeah. I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, uh, it was, it was, it was, I guess the, yeah, five, it was, it was I'm almost a full aware. week. I'm distinctly aware of exactly how many days I spent on that. <laughs> I know, and I, I got to take a moment and thank the Dom here because <laughs> he single-handedly help me give my players the best experience I could give with all the, the handout of here's the cheat sheet for the rules and here's pre-printed maps that are just easy to lay out. It just, it was awesome. And, and I owe a lot of it to you, man. Why, thank you. There. Yeah, I, I was just about to echo that sentiment right there is, and, and say, you know, that uh, I know you and I worked together and you did almost all the work as I fumbled <laughs> around trying to trying to uh, get my feeble graphic design skills some exercise. And all of a sudden here comes uh, a Dom with, oh, yeah, here's, uh, here's pre-made character sheets and uh, initiative cards and uh, PDFs of full-color maps and uh, everything else you need. And just printed that stuff out, got it laminated. It was incredible. Well, actually, I have to give a little a little shout out to the Holocron. Um, anybody in the, I know Brev knows this place uh, very very well. Um, GM Brev has probably uh, lived a little bit over there. Um, they have a couple tutorials and downloadable maps for miniatures and whatnot. Wow. And um, Armored Gear Seven's um, make map making tutorial I borrowed borrowed from a couple things that made the mapping process map making process i should say a lot faster and easier i was able to crank those out within that day actually um i was so, i was amazed at the turnaround so it was it was pretty freaking cool yeah christopher Prest, prestka i'm gonna slaughter his name but um anybody who does the maps too has probably noticed noticed that name as well he has his own maps on um gonna have to google it i'm sorry but uh the uh his some of his map elements that he had released prior to uh, showed up, and that made it pretty quick to get everything together for the con. Excellent. Well, we did manage to actually record a little bit of post module playing goodness. Um, a lot of guys came out, and they ne- you know, several of these players never had played Saga before in their lives. Some of them had only played it once or twice, and um, we we did manage to get a little bit of reaction. Um, so uh, why don't we uh, why don't we go ahead and hear some of that? Okay, you want to do yours or you want to do Dom's? Let's do Dom's. Okay. He he, he threw he threw down some GM foo. I want to hear it again. It's been <laughs> there you weak. go. I miss it. All right, Gamer Nation. We'll see you on the other side. This is GM Chris uh, live at Gen Con with D20 Radio and the Order 66 podcast, and I'm sitting here with a group of gamers that are here late on a Friday night after just running through the betrayal of Darth Revan with, of course, their beneficent. Uh, Game master, uh, see the minifin, Dom. I am certainly a purveyor of rope. That is what I do. Yes, he is a purveyor of rope. Uh, let's go around the table. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? I am Robert Helms. Okay, where are you from? 
uh, South Bend, Indiana. Cool. Uh, Dave Barr, I'm from uh, Niles, Michigan. Hi there, Chad Reisky from Osceola, Indiana. Michael Zeiger from Mishawaka, Indiana. Anakin Michelle, I'm from Boston. Uh, Brian Bozanowski from Boston. Cool. Now, Brian, you said before you you were a WEG player back from back in the day. I noticed you had a bag full of D6s. Anybody else from old West End Games player of the old system? Are you guys? Okay. Um, turn the gain up a little bit. Um, well, did you guys play RCR at all? Any, like the prior rule system? Or did you go from WEG straight to this? Went from WEG straight to this. Really? Pretty much, Was this anyone's first foray with this system? Or any Star Wars role playing? Me, actually. Okay. With this edition, yes. With this edition? Okay. Well, bottom line, I mean, compared to. Obviously, you know, going from a D6 system to the D20, it's obviously a huge, huge difference. What did you guys think in terms of how it played, how it flowed? Uh, ultimately, there's no real comparison. Um, the cumbersomeness of the West End game system really kind of... You had to really love Star Wars to really want to play that game. That's the way it broke down. Um, then it went through, of course, the D20, early D20 system, which, you know, you suffered through that because of your love of Star Wars. But so far, everything I've seen of the uh, Saga system, it really has streamlined the play, and I think it keeps a lot of the flavor of the books and the films alive. But the other ones are pretty much just... That's the only thing that was, you know, everything that wasn't inside the chain. Well, that's good to hear. Now, every system always has its drawbacks, though. Did you guys find anything that you found cumbersome in the system? Anything you would change if you had the chance? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, it was easy to use. Uh, people are the Oh, yeah. A lot of nodding heads, yeah? Yeah, anybody can really get, nitpick the system to death, but really, just for fun, playability, sit down and take a It's the best system for Star Wars I've seen as far as tabletop gaming. That's awesome. Now, I've got a question for you. Um, there were only two Jedi. Who played the Jedi? Uh, that would be uh, myself and Robert. Okay, all right. Myself being Brian. Brian. Brian so Brian, Brian and Robert. Okay, excellent. Um, so you guys played the Jedi, so you guys had Force powers. Yes. How did you like the Force system and the way it works in terms of the encounter base? Did you like it, or did you prefer the, some of the older system in terms of that? Um, I, I like this a lot better. I probably could have used having more... More force powers, but <laughs> right. then again, what Jedi couldn't? What Jedi couldn't? That's very, very um, true. But the way the way it was done is was very well encounter based. Um, it's the same thing with the new fourth edition D and D. Yeah. Um, well, this was like a testing ground for obviously. exactly. It, it was, and that's that's what I was kind of similar with. So. I, I, I like the encounter based, yes. Okay, well, that's cool. Um, now, there were a lot of new abilities in this. I think everyone had new abilities that were, you know, part of the... Uh, I know I know, I know. Dom, Stephen Mitchman here, did, did some amazing jobs with character sheets kind of outlining the new stuff that's out of it. Um, how do you guys feel about the new abilities, those of you who've played with the system before? I mean... It definitely expanded the possibilities as far yeah. as the intricacies and development. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of the a lot of the newer abilities they were encounter based as well. There was stuff like accelerated strike and and a few things. Now, I think they're kind of moving towards that because they've seen how people react to the force. And one of the things that's always been missing for me is the fact you don't have a martial equivalent to it. And now that fourth edition has come out and we pretty much see, okay, well, you have that. They're kind of leaning towards that. Do you guys like that, or would you? I mean, having those awesome abilities you can do once in a encounter, or do would you rather really have that separation. Um, What's your personal opinions on that? 
Even for the non-four stuff? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, taking it this back as far as like, the West End Games version of it, you have a multitude of different things you can do and 101 dice to roll to do it. You know, it kind of can lock down the gameplay with your decision making. Whereas this, knowing you know what you can do, when you can do it, the best time to do it, I think it really lets you enjoy the game. Okay, well, that's a good thought. What was your favorite part about the module? Okay. The system itself. Um, yeah. They seem to seem to run the gamut. Okay, now a lot of players, because it's lots of GM so far. A lot of guys they've never run Starship Combat in the system before. Was this the first time for anyone to run Starship Combat? Yeah. Everyone. Wow. As a GM, I would have to say that I, I, I particularly, me being Dominic, uh, ran. Um, D twenty and D twenty revised, and I avoided the Starship combat like the plague because a lot of it just felt cumbersome or broken. Really, yeah. I mean, it was just hard to understand, hard to work with. You, the balance was all off. You could, you either couldn't hit anything or you couldn't hit everything. It just, you know, the, it, it, there was no kind of way to kind of find a happy medium. It seemed. I mean, I don't know necessarily that I tried too hard because that was the first few failures and nobody liked it. I just kind of took it out. <laughs> it was kind of unfortunate because the pilots kind of lost things to do. But with this, like everybody can kind of get in the mix right away. You don't have to. You, you, there's some challenges, and you're definitely going to have uh, times where like you don't. Want to just like fly out there and expect, oh, you're just too awesome to be hit. Like you can definitely have some challenge going back. Right. But it really feels like you're, you're going out there. You're in a starship. You're, you are out there to um, streak by, blow some stuff up, take a couple hits, but make it out in the end. Right? Yeah, I like how it definitely didn't confuse your body down with all the, you know, yeah. what am I going to do? And it's all on a single plane. Yeah. So are the movies if you watch them. Well, yeah. That's very true. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a cinematic quality. It didn't take us out of the game to do it. I mean, going from that to it was just like a natural transition. Basically. Well, that's I'm always looking at Durasteel plates. Okay. All right. Oh, more, more Durasteel plates. Yeah. Oh man, these Durasteel plates are awesome. They're like deep gray instead of regular gray. Since they were expand more on the starship, as much as far as as far as character development stuff, you can put two completely parallel aspects to the game. I think it would really one of the things we didn't get into in this module which was a little unfortunate but probably a little just a tad is that you can the starship battles ability can uh, transition into atmosphere and with characters fairly nicely because they keep it all on the same scale so it's not that you have starships over here and then speeders over here and there's no in between either. it's all the same system right. you can attack you know individual people with your ship if you're and you don't have to and you don't have to learn like three different systems exactly to play each one. and the minis were good just going right into it too so yeah well that's that's fantastic well I'm glad you guys enjoyed the mod are you going to play Star Wars again? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. Any comments? Without a doubt. <laughs>
Beautiful. I've got the books now. Well, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. And we definitely have them over at the Lotsy booth. Except for the Knights of the Old Republic, which they sell out of. We sell sold out of like every morning now for 45 minutes. Which is hard and sad all at the same time. This is why we have Amazon.com and local gaming shops. This is very true. Support your FLGS. Well, guys, well, thanks for taking the time to share your gaming experience with us, and um, y'all have a rest of, good rest of the con, and uh, this is GM Chris with D20 Radio signing. Good interview there, buddy. Uh, not bad. Uh, the background noise is a little annoying, but keep in mind, this is like, uh, I, I mean, there's pictures up on, this, on the forum of how huge the convention center was, and there were, I mean, what, guys, 100 tables, 150 tables gaming at once? Yeah. That was, was midnight yeah. on Friday, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I think I heard uh, GM Chance talking over everything. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the background. He was at the table next door. <laughs> that was great. Got to love it about the third um. I'm sitting there. I'm just listening to this going, oh, why did I have to be next to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dom, this was your table, man. What did you take away from that session? I mean, what were your memories of it? You know, um, part of it, and <clears throat> I'm going to put this up front. First of all, um, seven slots over four days, that's a – I game. I ran about ten hours a day, right? Except for the last day, which was only one slot. Um, a lot of it blends together. Yeah. Uh, however, that particular table, um, and I think everybody that I ran with uh, really had a good time. I didn't have anybody like the stereotypical um, terrible con gamers that are coming over there and be like, "Well, on page fifty-seven, it says specifically that I can do this, this, and this, and ruin your time." Ha ha! You suck. Um, so I didn't have any of that and, um, had a lot of good, good players, a lot of people who had never played Star Wars before, especially Saga. Um, you know, so those new player sheets came in very handy when four out of six yes. don't know anything what's yep, going yeah, on. Yeah. Um, that particular, uh, that particular table, I believe if I recall correctly, they, uh, ended up at the end end guy, they had a pretty drag out fight, and um, they ended up going back and forth. Uh, they made it up on the starship battles, however, because they came out at the, at the very very beginning and critted across the board three uh, proton torpedoes at a time. Um, wow! Yeah, so spaceship battle went um, fairly quick for them. <laughs> um, but it, really, it was it was more of a vibe that I remember for most of my tables. It's just that everybody. It had a, a good intermingle. You know, the characters were, um, worked well together, and uh, the players had a lot of fun seeing how they could kind of combo each other. Right off the bat, it seemed very natural. Like, I didn't have to go pointing this out, like, well, you can help the noble over here, and the noble can help the scout over here, the spy over here, you know. Um, it, it just kind of gelled that way, and um, I think that's one of the main strengths, and as the Ennies kind of proved that... Uh, one of the main strengths is the balance and the um, how everything can be fun. It's not like you have like, oh, these two classes. You had to be a Jedi or this one guy. Everybody yeah. else is just kind of watching. And uh, you, you, you made the sound bite, and so we should just go ahead and say it. One of the other very exciting things about Gen Con was that they announced. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! The hold Ennies. a second. Hold on. You know what? This is something that should have been right here. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, for those of you who have not heard, of course, uh, Saga, as we mentioned last podcast, was nominated for four Ennies. Um, God, what, what, what was the total here? I, I, got it, I got it right here. They, they, they were nominated for, uh, let's see, Best D20 OGL Product, Best 
game product of the year and best rules. And they unfortunately took silver second place on product of the year, but managed to secure gold medals first place on all three of their other nominations, including best rules, best D20 OGL product, and best game for 2008. Wait a second. OGL? Open gaming license. I didn't think one existed. I don't think there is either, but it's it D20. No, no, D20 it's... slash OGL. Hold on, hold on. Oh. Settle down, people. Oh, no. It totally does. It still exists. They can't revoke it. It's out there. OGL still exists. 4E is not OGL. Ah, uh, but Saga but OGL, is. Everything runs with OGL. And OGL can still be used to make games, hence Pathfinder. Uh-huh. Uh, but I thought I thought it was just three five at D and I didn't think it was for Saga. Um, Saga came under it, I, as I understand it, what? or it, I, it might have just came under the uh, D twenty side because it is D twenty slash OGL. Oh, okay. that's true. There you go. That's so, true. Yeah. So, so, but yeah, but either way, unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, the oh. whole Watsy crew was just was tickled pink. Um, I talked to Gary Starley and uh, Sterling Hershey. They were just they were they were giggling. I'm sure I'm sure Rodney's really happy too. So big so big woot and congratulations on what that. What beat it for product of the year? Yeah, that's very interesting. Changeling, uh, the Lost, uh, which is you know one one of White Wolf's games. Um, and uh, I you know I've I've done a little Changeling in the past. It's been a very long time. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually. Really, I this week I'm going to go down and just check out the book because I really, you know, you know, if it wins gold for product of the year, I, I kind of want to check it out. Yeah, makes so. really great things about it. It's very well written. Um, so yeah, I, I when I saw that, I was I was like, well, you know, there's a far worse things to lose to than that one. Yeah, that's very that's true. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, there another Gen Con moment. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Cool. Now, I want to get you guys' thoughts. One thing I did take away from the conversation that we had with that interview about your table, Dom, everyone seemed kind of keen on encounter-based powers. Now, there's currently a borderline flame war going on with our forums right now oh, no. at d20radio.com slash forum about several people are very upset that a lot of the, especially in the KOTOR book, there's a lot of feats you can take that or, or talents that give you these once-in-encounter abilities. Uh, it's not standard. Of course, you have to choose to take the feat or the talent. It's not like it just comes to you. But a lot of people like this and a lot of people don't. Um, saying, you know, oh, it smacks a 4th edition D&D, which they don't like. What is y'all's take on the on the non-force using uh, encounter abilities? Dear God, you're going to get me on a soapbox. Not too big of a soapbox. We got a lot more show to do, but uh, just you know, quick, All right. quick, it quick opinion. It didn't smack a four E until four E came out. Right. They were there were there were the same things mm-hmm. in Saga mm-hmm. to begin with. There always will be because it works. <laughs> Obviously, as the table found out, my my table found out, and I think pretty much every table that we had, if we had new players, they found that out too. It, it, yeah. It's a great match for it. Um, to to start putting it into oh no, four e the sky is falling. Jeez, jeez, Louise, uh, it's the bee's knees and whatever else. Um, it just you, you're getting you're 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 stretching too far, my man. <laughs> you know. Uh, it's just get, getting out of hand at that point. Um, if they start um, now, if they start to to narrate skill challenges, then we can talk and we'll have a very deep and uh, necessary <laughs> conversation. I'm sure. I'm sure TG will join us on that. Uh, I believe. I believe we should bring in everyone um, at that point. Uh, in fact, uh, 
that that's gonna that's gonna be a very very sad day on the forums, I'm sure. But uh, no, encounter powers per day powers. I mean, if every single thing you did started to be like that, then maybe I could start to see that. But the way that it's working is no different than the way that it was working, and it was great. So why is it not great now? Because 4e is a product that's out. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, it's a good point. It's not like it's just something you get. It's not like everything is works this way. It's just a feat or a talent you take. But I, I, I get it. Your your point makes very much good sense, sir. What about you, Chance? You know, I, A, I haven't seen the KOTOR book, so I can't really rule in I'm on that. I'm shocked. What? Well, you didn't get one autographed and mailed directly to you from all the bigwigs that you know? <laughs> no joke, you know, man. A lot of people, I don't know all of the right ones, I guess. Either that or I make fun of Rodney too much and he doesn't like me anymore. But <laughs> when it comes down to it, the I like the ability to for players to have little, little things like that that they're used to from other systems. The it doesn't bother me to have. I mean, come on, Saga is you know some call it three point seven five. Some call you know it's the test bed for four E. Of course, we're going to have more and more things that are very four E centric. I would say four E has more things that are Saga centric. Yeah, see, for everything we say on this end, you've got somebody in four E saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's yeah I see exactly what you mean, but it's a mechanic that. That's all that. That's all that really about. You know that all. That's all that concerns me. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm still in shock and awe. You don't have the Kotor book yet. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, my FLGS also... custom ordered it for me and had it ready for me within a few days. Oh. I haven't bought my FLGS to pick it up yet. Oh, I was sad. expecting to get walk away from it from the show, but uh, gee, if our boss there did not hook us up as well as he had promised to. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. He 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 did good. I'm I'm not. I ain't complaining. But he uh, he did come over and toss a couple boxes of Kotor minis at me. So I I can't say anything bad about the man. No, no. I I really can't on any account. I was very pleased with uh, our swag. So that oh hey, what did you pull in that box? I'm sorry. What did you pull in the box that I passed over to you? I ended up pulling um the uh. Oh, what's his name? Uh, it's just um, the head of the security for Padme's place. Panaka. Panaka. Yeah, I got Panaka. <laughs> what do you freaking do? I got Panaka. I was like, wow, I got a, I got a new, uh, I got a new general, general use uh, <clears throat> station guard or something. He's gonna be guard number one. What do you flip? <laughs> I'm glad wow. that's rare. <laughs> wow. All right, so who had the story about the D20 radio dice? Oh, that was me. Um, yeah. So for those I, of you who don't know, I mean, as a bit of a preamble, um, uh, those of you who, who may not know, the, of course, amazing swag at the con was custom D6s uh, with the D20 radio logo on them. And we were handing really those sharp. out. Yeah, they looked really sharp. So if you, you know, we were handing those out to anyone we met. So if you were at the con, uh, you got them, and they seem to be rolling pretty damn well for people. Um, so yeah. with that, please, please lay it on us, Tom. We had um, on one table, uh, Wookie Son, um, Wookie Daddy, uh, ended up rolling some for a force point, and they were hitting force points with uh, D twenty all over the place. I roll them for damage, and I'm like ones and twos. So uh, <laughs> they were very player-friendly. Um, 
The one how one time it turned, however, was uh, I on Friday mid afternoon. I had right before the uh, slot that you guys heard. I had gotten myself finally into the uh, dealer room, and I picked up the Paizo Purple D20. It was uh, the Gen Con D20, right? The big one. So I, yeah, I pulled that out, and for the big bad guys, I rolled that out on the table and immediately critted with it. Um, uh, every time I did, it critted pretty much. <laughs> it was a very critastic die. And um, on one of my last sessions on Saturday... I rolled that out for the Force Lightning and ended up critting one of the players with that and then used the – because that's you know double the damage. So 16d6, I believe. Ow. Um, yeah, it lays the hurt down. I blew the for- Force Point to uh, get another down the condition track. And the sheer damage with um, throwing some d20 radio dice out there uh, ended up – dropping the character three on the condition track immediately oh my god yes um yeah he he didn't he didn't front uh he didn't front the bad guy anymore after that good god i'll bet yeah i did i think in the 70s i believe it was like 72 points of damage after that Oh my wow. god! We had some some crazy crazy damage on some player side in one of my sessions that I managed to get a brief interview of after the fact. And do we have that one, Dave? Uh, yeah. You want to play that one? Why not? All right. All right, this is GM Chris. I am uh, here live at Gen Con. I just finished running an awesome session of uh, Betrayal of Darth Revan, and I'm here with several players who play with me. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Who are you? Where are you from? Oh, my name's Sean. I'm from Iowa. Ryan, also from Iowa. I'm Eric from Iowa. Tony, also from Iowa. Iowans, wow. Hey, it's Vader's son from Columbus again. Uh, Vaderson, thank you. Duncan here with us, and uh, it was an awesome game. Well, you guys, um, I know some of you have played Saga before, um, and some of you, this is a very new system, obviously. Um, what did you guys think of the game? Uh, way better than the revised edition. I like how they mixed the skills up and, and allowed you to. Uh, it didn't seem so confusing before. Like, like the revised edition, felt like you were doing stuff, but you couldn't do what you should be. Able to do. Okay, yeah, that makes. I feel like you can do what your character should be. Able to do. Okay, cool. Anything else? I think it's a great. It's a great step in between 3.5 and 4th edition. The people that like the complexity of 3.5 are still able to get something, but it's still a lot more streamlined like 4th edition. I agree. That's an excellent observation. Wow. Very good game. Enjoy it a lot. Yeah? Well, awesome. I think the GM had a lot to do with it. Yeah. The GM was everything. Ah, meh. It was a great mod. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, in the future, I mean, listen, it's, it's fun to see the prices of the game, but I, no game is perfect. I mean, Ronnie Thompson said to us once, you know, no game survives contact with its player base. Yeah. Is there anything in this brief experience you've had that you guys want to improve in the system, things you might change or add that aren't there now? Uh, I think the Jedi reflect and block maybe a little overpowered versus strange mm, characters. Okay. Other than that, I, I think it's fine, really. Okay. I guess we just didn't have explosives. That was the problem. <laughs> but explosives, yeah, they do. They do. They do. They do play a big difference. Now, a lot of you guys, this was your first time trying the starship combat was in the module. How'd you guys like the starship combat? Great. That, I, that was good enough to be a game in itself. Yeah, it was awesome. Really. I still think that facing is an important concept in starship combat, and I kind of don't like the fact that it's missing. I do oh. agree with that statement too. Do you? Okay. Well, there you go. I kind of like it more personally. But really. Well, facing is, I mean, it seems like an easy concept to insert into the game if you absolutely wanted it to. Yeah. I mean, 
wouldn't be too terribly hard. They had it in the uh, revised, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, it was clunky. It was yeah, very, it was very was. clunky. It was. It, was it clunky. can be clunky. It always can be. That's one of the problems. It still played well. I think the problem with uh, facing is that you're in a 360 environment. Yeah. Right. Minus gravity, gravity pulling on things. Yeah, it's right. always going to be difficult to do space correctly in, you know, on 2D, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, lastly, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not worried about getting too many spoilers. I mean, after Gen Con, this module's going to get pasted on the net like oh, yeah. so much confetti. Okay, so, um, in terms of the mod, what was your favorite part about it? What did you enjoy the most? Favorite moment? I think I know Brian's, yeah. Just say it, just say it. I liked critting and shooting the Sith Lord in the face. Well, you were hiding, too, so you sneak attack. hiding, so he had no, he had, didn't even see it coming. And you had triple crit, if I'm not triple mistaken. Triple crit, that's correct. <laughs> so, uh, that hurt. Did like 96 <laughs> points of damage with a heavy blaster Something pistol. along those lines, yeah. And the um. sneak attack and everything else, yes. <laughs> Any other favorite moments? Starship combat. Really? Yeah. Doug Starship combat? Yeah. Want more of it? I actually really enjoyed failing my rebuke and taking Force Lightning like Skywalker did and just <laughs> whining on the ground like a little girl. <laughs> now, I noticed after Starship combat, oh, a couple of you said, that's it, I'm buying the game. That's it, after Starship yeah, combat. Yeah. Was, that, was that the clincher? Yeah, that was the clincher for me. Cool. cool. Well, I hope you guys will continue to play. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, this is GM Chris with the Order 66 Podcast, signing off for now. There you go. Cool. Um, that was a great session. It was probably one of my favorites. And, of course, Duncan was playing it, Vader's son. And uh, there were a couple really great moments. But one thing I loved about it is it, there was a couple times when, I guess it was through the second encounter, not quite in the Starship combat yet, uh, that they were just really kind of hooked. And one of them made the comments, said, wow, this is... This 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 just flows really well, and he wasn't even talking to me. He was talking to a guy next to him. And then halfway through Starship Combat, literally, one guy turned to his buddy and said, "said Dude, I'm I'm so going downstairs and buying this because you know it's obviously for sale in the dealer room." And uh, there were there were a lot of those aha moments, um, which I just thought was great. It seemed like everyone who who at least I I GM'd uh, you know or saw playing this mod just uh, had a great experience with the system and kind of became a, a saga convert. Um, did yeah. you guys have any similar experiences? I had some good experiences overall. I mean, every, everybody was real positive. I only had one when good games go bad, and it was it, it, it's inherent to any time you're playing a one-shot, you've got somebody that goes, hey, yeah, let me play the Jedi, and then wants to just abuse the heck out of it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, sure, give me the Force points. What's my wisdom score? 14? All right, I can get 14 yeah. dark side points, yeah. Of course, what was sad about it, the guy earned two dark side points trying to kill a guy because he failed to kill him with the first blow. <laughs> and then tried again. And had to consciously make the decision to try again, and it just earned two of them right in a row. It was just sad. It's like you couldn't oh, even be cool about it. <laughs> mm. I mean, you know, dark side points if you're Fonzie are all good, but, you know, if you're just hacking away at so much wood, then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you were telling me, Dom, that during your slot zero, that your players took it almost to an extreme. Oh, man. I had um, I had one guy who specifically had warned me ahead of time that he wanted to try to do the wonkiest stuff that, like, the, the worst possible story you've ever heard at con- conventions, he wanted to try to emulate. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, to the point where at one point... It, one point at the first uh, first encounter, the g- a gentleman's sitting at a de- un- at a desk actually, and he is playing one of the Jedi's. This particularly the um, the uh, we're forgetting names now, but the cat lady, um, Jahani. Yeah, or, yeah, the Jahani gal. Yeah, from yeah, the, she, ca- the, uh, the Cathar. 
Cathar. She jumps. Yep. She runs up and dispenses um, the liquid rope on him. Just what? Just 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 decides to do that. Later on, he stabs her in the head with the uh, lightsaber. Stabs the guy in the head with the lightsaber. Wait, so but just his, just threw liquid rope at him. It doesn't. It's not like attack. It's, doesn't stick or anything. He, yeah, he even went the. <laughs> sound while he did it like he was all into it and just like 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 a can of squirt cheese yes yes (laughs) like everybody at the table just looked at him such a what the hell moment i didn't know what to do i was like i really sat there and just paused for a moment to try because i was expecting some kind he was like i'm just gonna dangle it all over him and maybe that'll do something and then he ran away (laughs) he squirted like that was a standard, and his move was roll. He just rolled back away from the desk, and um, later on, when right before he stabbed the guy in the head, he actually tried to jump the desk between them. He had, he decided like run away, and then coming back was the thing to do. Um, the guy had already kind of been um, force slammed into the wall, and um, he jumped the desk, but botched his acrobatics and ended up tripping himself up in his own rope. <laughs> nice. So good way to make him. Yeah, deal with yeah. that. Yeah. And between him and the other Jedi, they just decided they wanted to be the bloodthirstiest people possible. And uh, they were just, you know, when you absolutely positively have to, have to kill every Sith in the room, expect except no substitutes. There you go. There you go. But, uh, it, was, it was pretty brutal. It was uh, rather, rather brutal. <laughs> well, all in all, I loved the role playing in the con. It was, it was again, it's my first con. It was a whole new experience for me. Now, the other thing that we are not going to get to this episode or any other episode for that matter was the actual Star Wars saga and minis seminar, uh, where uh, John Jackson Miller and uh, Sterling Hershey, um, who were kind of kind of the keynote guys, um, and of course Rob was over minis. Um, and Chris Perkins were were there and just answering questions from the masses, basically. And it was a two-hour seminar. I recorded every single bit of it. It's a little granular, but we're kind of working it out. For those of you who want to hear all the goodness therein with all the amazing previews and questions and answers, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, we are going to have this up as a separate downloadable podcast by when? Midweek? I'm hoping we'll have it Tuesday night available. And we'll do... We'll do a little Gen Con talk before and after, probably title it episode 31, but uh, it's going to be basically all about this seminar. Yeah, this seminar, which there was a lot of really great stuff talked about, and it was really interesting to get some of the designers' thoughts and talk about things like that. But this episode really has been more about you know the GM experience and, and the player experience, and I guess as, as we come to a close with it, um, guys, I mean... My final thoughts from it, what I took away, I felt this was a wonderful opportunity for Saga. I, I, I felt maybe there could have been a little bit more support, but, I mean, this was, you know, clearly, clearly the 4E show, and I'm fine with that. It's Watsi's flagship system. It's what it could have been. And gosh darn it, uh, RFH crew made it to the finals, man. <laughs> they, were in, kicking uh, they were kicking butt and taking they names. They were kicking right? butt in the D&D Opens, and it was great. And everyone I, I talked to who played 4E had a great time doing it. Um, there was a lot of great stuff. But the, the Saga tables were great, and everyone who I gamed with always took something away from it and found a new system to love. What were your guys' final thoughts about the con? Well, in. Feel I, uh, free to go ahead and speak up at any point in time. Thank you. <laughs> Two things. Uh, one, one thing that, that 
real, really stood out for me running those six slots, and I'm sure Dom can agree with me on this. It's like watch, sitting down and watching the movie over and over and over again, but each time you're watching it, you're catching that one little detail that you didn't see before. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, that's one of the things I love about convention running like that, uh, even if, you know, Iron Man all the way. But the other thing I wanted to throw out is there was some confirmation from Chris Tulock and RPGA that the numbers for Dawn of Defiance is really close to what they wanted to uh, be able to get a Living Force 2. So those of you that are listening, play it, report it, which is the most important part, and let see know that you want more Star Wars, because they will continue to treat it like the redheaded stepchild until we let them know we're here and we're not going away. Yeah, unfortunately there has to be a dollar amount attached to that before some people will listen. And uh, showing that there is an active audience there and the only way, the only metric, it doesn't matter how many forum posts you put up or how many times you you make a subject that says, Watsy, please listen to me. Um, <laughs> it does not matter. They want to see active groups actively playing the game. And if reporting it, not that, just playing, but reporting it. Well, no, that, right. that's what I mean. Actively yeah. playing the game. The only right. way that they're going to know is they're not reading the forums. These guys are not uh, out there, you know, counting heads in that way. They're they're looking at specifically the RPGA reporting reporting sheets. And uh, if you don't do that, then they don't know you exist. You might as well not play at all in their eyes because you're not showing that you're actually going to show up for those events, right? So, um. It's the only way that's going to happen, and uh, I was, I was definitely uh, preaching the good word to all of my groups. I, I think uh, again, you were talking about conversions and people really going out and uh, thing, um, running some more. I think, uh, I think every game, every table that I ran, I had at least two or three people saying, "Man, this really uh, is something I'm going to go check out, or I'm really going to do more of." Um, some of them had kind of like gone out of it, but then they really uh, got to have a good view of what the game really flows with once you've played it a little bit. And um, it was just a really great reception. I I think I I saw a lot more people that hadn't played it than I really thought there would be. I thought that, you know, most of the people that had signed up had at least played Saga once or twice at minimum. Um, But I saw a lot of new people and and judging by just that sampling of mine and uh, GM Chances and uh, GM Chris's groups, um, you know that that we already tripled the amount of people that we had there that had played Saga <laughs> anyway. You know, so if we could just get that one guy to tell two guys and that two guys to tell four guys, you know, and just keep cranking it up, you know, I think we could do a lot with this system. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, cool. beautiful. Any anything else, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, yeah. man. Guys, thanks for coming on. I got to know both of you pretty well at the con and, uh, you know, increased my, my, my gaming friends and, uh, and personal friends. And uh, I tell you, I just had an absolute blast. And um, I can't wait to have you guys on again and uh, talk to you soon and hopefully uh, game with you as soon as we possibly can. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a blast. It, it, it definitely made my con. Uh, it, I was ridiculously geeking out. All the entire freaking four days. It was an awesome time, and I can't wait to go next year. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, Chance, yeah. uh, you suck for going to Dragon Con. I wish I could go. Five oh first. Be hanging out in the parade the whole bit. <laughs> wow. God. He's that I, guy, man. He's that he's, guy. He's that guy. Uh, well, guys, we're. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
I'll live arbitrarily through him. Ah, uh, yes. We, we all do. I, I started doing that about the second day. Yes. <laughs> no doubt. But no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. You guys went to bed too early, that's all. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you, got, you, got like, you got like eight hours of sleep the entire con. That's all you got. How, do no, you do, how does a human being do that? How is that possible? I, I, I got 11 hours of sleep, just one hour shy of the 3 two, one rule. Three hours of sleep, two meals a day, one shower a day. Right. I don't know. I'm too dainty. I need my I need my shut eye if I was going to run that much. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Uh, yeah. That, I remember the the last episode of RFH. They were talking about the three two one. When mm-hmm. the last episode of RFH, I swear that was sometime in June. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They they had it up fairly recently, but it, it took a while to listen to it. They, their episodes are wonderfully jam packed. I usually have to do it in several sessions, yeah. um, like this episode will be. Uh, oh since God. we're well past two hours at this point. And with that, we're going to forego D20 Docking Bay uh, this time. Uh, and we have something good to talk about, though, but we'll get to it with our next upcoming cast. And, uh, of course, next week is going to be Sterling Hershey and KOTOR discussion. So uh, be looking for the thread on the forums, guys. If you guys have any questions, you can also email them to myself, gmchris at d20radio.com, or gmdavid at d20radio.com. Or if you have anything you want to ask us in person or leave us any crazy drops or bumpers, you can give us a call at the Lusa line, 206-600-5872. And, uh, of course, you're welcome to check out the forums at d20radio.com slash forum. Sign up. Join the Gamer Nation. Get your voice heard. That's right. Or you can leave us now voicemail on Skype. That's true. GM Dave or D20 Radio. Absolutely. That'll work. And uh, once again, GM Chance, GM Dom, thank you guys for coming on. It's great talking to you all again. And uh, to the rest of the Gamer Nation, I wish you peace, love, and good gaming. And when do you guys want to say it for me? Keep them dice rolling. Yeah. Roger, roger. Whoop. Um, hi, this is Lerinda, and I never li- listen to the Order 66 podcast. I just like to hear the sound of my own voice. Oh dear, I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. That would be perverse. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast, and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at StarWars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at Wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. And with that, we wrap at 157.59. Yowza. Wow. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> that was a heck of a that cast. Was... Thank you guys for being with us. Oh, no problem. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Did a lot of fun. Oh. Good talking to you guys again. I know, right? I got a little withdrawal. Dave, Dave, you miss so much goodness, man. You got to come next year. I'm telling I you. I told, him, I told him while you were off chasing down your wife to do the the... Dark thoughts that uh, I was going to set aside the vacation time next year to do it. And, of course, we're going to try and plan out with these guys. Um, in October, you know, we're trying to plan out that whole little D20 con thing. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and I got um, I got some uh, stuff. I got some uh, contact stuff for you for uh, Joe Martin uh, to do artwork for the stuff, and maybe even write some some stuff for you too. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah. I was telling Dave yeah. about that. That's that's totally awesome. But there's this there's this Star Wars convention happening in Plano here, um, in mm-hmm. Dallas, um, in October. Uh, what's do you know what it's called, Dave? I don't remember. It's Star Wars Fan Days, is what it's called. That's right, Star Wars Fan Days. Yeah, and then the guy, the guy who's running the show, was like, "Wait till August and and call me." And I call in August third. I called him, and a little schmuck hadn't called me back. I mean, you know, with with a listenership of a thousand people, you figure he tried to get his little fledgling con off on a, you know. I, I don't know, you know. So that might be a warning. I mean, I, I'd hate to say it, but maybe that's your uh, maybe that's your first clue. Well, honestly, it, it's in Plano. I mean, literally, I live in Plano. It's uh, this 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 con is going to happen less than two miles from Chris's house. So <laughs> I have no problem going up there, even if even if it falls flat on its face. I, I don't really care, you know. Uh, if I'm not okay. if I'm not paying for a badge, it doesn't really bug me. Um, right. Wow, I wasted a Saturday. Uh, <laughs> That's never yeah. happened before. Now I will I will say that um, uh, one thing that has excited me. I don't know if I I think I told I don't, I don't know if I told you or not. Um, Dave and I uh, I don't know if I've told this to Dave yet. Um, I got an email <laughs> I got an email from Zerissa, Dave. Yeah. Who has invited us to a con, a probably just a two day con in Little Rock, Arkansas. They want us there as guests. Oh hey dude, that's drivable. That is very drivable. When, and when, when? It, it is a Star Wars con that is going to be hosted by the 501st. Dude, oh, nice. That's cool. Very nice. Yeah. And because um, she, she's a member. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm like, wow, well, I can't speak for Dave, but I'll, I'll pass it on and I'll certainly be there. Just let me know when. They don't even have a date finalized yet. It's going to be late spring. So I'm sure you can drop Bradshaw's name and they'll like fly you out VIP uh, accommodations. <laughs> Yeah. Way ahead of you there. <laughs> put, us, put us on the list there. Put us on the plane. Just put us. Put, I'll, put us I'll talk to my people. Yeah, <laughs> you do that. Have your people call my people, and then we can do the people thing with the people. Yeah, I have <laughs> no people. I barely have me. <laughs> you know yeah, and uh, even then, realize you're part of my people. Yeah, I'll get a free. I'm now I'll... your people. Hey, yeah, yeah, you're my, we, my, got... my mod prep. You're gonna give ah, me like free yeah. hotel oh. and everything. Yes. I actually know. Um, speaking of which, I'm going to put this out there already. Um, I'm probably only going to be running maybe one or two slots. It looks like a couple of people are actually trying to get with me to have me run for them. So I'm probably going to be very, very selective, especially with my wife with me. Um, I want to be able to go and game with her. Um, so we'll obviously be hanging out with you guys. I'll, I'll be able to do more of the nightlife that uh, that uh, Bradshaw's running around with crazy man with no sleep and uh, a bajillion people to know um but i will probably not be running the adventures but i'm still committed to uh making maps and doing the, stu- the same stuff that i did before for you guys so Excellent. um you know keep that in mind and just let me know especially i know i know uh your chance is going to be uh doing seven slots at, at minimum if uh th- this is the way he rolls so um you know, I'm I'm down for that. Hopefully, actually, um, hopefully next next year it'll be launching a Living Force campaign. That's what I yeah. hope too. That'd be that'd be uh, really cool. Yeah. Oh, that would be just incredible. But so if hey, we have more than one one adventure, I don't know if I could do all that, but um, I'm definitely down for doing at least the one that you do the most. That's right. God, that would be awesome. We're gonna hey, make... one thing. One thing you can email me, Dom. Yeah. So so I can print it out. 
Um, those awesome uh, explosion templates you made. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my little my little boom my little uh, boom slices there. Um, Your little boom <laughs> slices. I, I I will make amazing use of those. Oh boy. I have to. What's that, Dave? I said, oh boy, I feel a nightmare coming on. <laughs> oh, well, I have them. I have them sized now. This is a, another question that I'm, I'm probably even going to put up in the docket bay, or at least investigate more. I, I was talking to uh, Bradshaw about this. The explosion description. How do you guys run this? Is it two? Is it's four square? Two by two. Blast. Yeah, two by two. The um the write up says two two radius. Yeah, no, no. A, a, a oh, grenade. Wait a, a grenade is four by four. A regular auto- grenade is four by four. Yes, auto fire from a rifle is two by two. See, I'd always run grenades two by two. Ah, mm. and I can't remember right now because it's too, way too late. Well, to think we've that we've been running it wrong then in in our because we've been running two by two with grenades because I have thrown a lot of grenades in our campaign and we've been running I, them two by two. I, no, I, I've been running them four by four. Four by four is uh, thermal detonators. I thought since we started. Are you sure? No. Yeah, we've been running two by two. Trust me, sure? I have I have thrown enough and grenades to know that. Yeah, I've run into that now. And now it's like a big question, and I'm not entirely sure because everybody I start talking to is like, "Yeah, two by two. But then one guy brought it up on my uh, table. I let it ride because I wasn't. That was the only rules lawyer in that I even had. And it, yeah, dude, you seriously, exploded. you seriously need to put that in docking bay because ther- yeah. yeah, ther- thermal. I got it right now. Thermal detonator is a four square burst radius, and, and that's what I thought. And I know what radius means. I. I I passed geometry, so that's supposed right. to be from the center out, right? So that should be a, a, technically an eight oh, by eight. Oh, 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 okay, you're right. So a thermal detonator is an eight by eight. Well, a, no, a grenade is a four by four. No, no, no. A radius is going to be out from the center. Right. So, so if it's a four square radius. You got four squares on each side. That's you eight always by eight. pick a you always pick a crosshair. For oh yeah, your that's target. true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's going to be four on each side. Yeah, you're right. But I would doing yeah. So you're two talking. By two. You're talking eight by eight now. Yep. Well, that's only that's for a thermal detonator, though. A grenade here still says two square radius, which would be a four by four. Right. So you owe me two. You owe me like eight more squares, and I'm gonna claim those. (laughs) I'm telling you, I've been running it. Okay, so you guys want to hear something really cool? Um, We threw a surprise birthday party for my wife last night. Excellent. And um, uh, Cat, one of my players, um, Mm -hmm. and one of Chris's good friends. Uh, help me plan it. And so when I was out distracting Krista at the motorcycle course, they were here decorating and getting things ready. Awesome. And after everyone leaves last night, after everyone leaves, I still haven't gotten my luggage back, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's lost. Lost, lost. Oh. Uh, um, That's brutal. You have no idea what all we had in there. But in any event, uh, so my saga, my, my library is gone. My saga library. I don't have any of my books. And um, you have Kotor. That's better than uh. That's I have Kotor. Bradshaw. I have Kotor. <laughs> so I, I come in after after the party's over. My wife has gone to sleep, and I come into my office to check my email. And surreptitiously hiding under my keyboard is a brand new Saga Edition core rulebook. That's awesome. And cat and cat got it for me. And uh, I'm thumbing through it right now, and just going. That's wow. shout out to cat right there. Uh, she's a, she's a great person. But. She is. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. All right. Well, you hosers, I'm going to bed because it's late here and later where you two are. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Work's gonna come. Yeah, it's way. one o'clock over there. 
See, and I've still okay. got I've still got to go into the next room and deal with the wife aggro. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm going I'm going to get a couple forum threads started and then hit the hay. Yep. But um, not at all. I'm good absolutely. night. Guys. Good night. I'll talk to y'all soon. Yep. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. And away goes one. And away goes one. And away goes two. Yep. By golly.